coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzzed On Movies. I'm Teddy. And I'm Matt. And we're bringing you a very special Brunched On Movies edition of Buzzed On Movies here. <laughs> a very special episode. Yeah. Um, just hoping it's to get get something out before the Oscars. Yeah. Um, we know it's been a while since we talked to you. We've been very busy, what with both the Oscars race and various... Uh, physical and mental abnormalities going on between the two of us. Physical <laughs> <laughs> and mental abnormality. Yeah. Makes it um, sound like we're becoming Morbius. We are becoming Morbius. Morbius <laughs> coming to theaters soon. Um but yeah, we we're we've been we've been watching the movies. Don't worry about it, folks. We're here. Um and we're getting very close to the Oscars finish line. I'm not sure if this is going to drop before the Oscars or after the Oscars, but we are recording this Who the Saturday. Sure. Yeah, we're recording this the Saturday before the Oscars. So we're hoping to give you some insight into where we are on our Oscars journey and what we think is going to happen in the ceremony tomorrow. Um, uh, so only in terms of what's going to win or lose, not in terms of what's going to happen. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm, I'm I think we're going to get another uh, La La Land Moonlight type incident. Um, Except it'll where... be staged because they want to they want to drum up their ratings. And, and yeah, <laughs> this time they're like, hey, you know, like that got the news a lot last time. We might as well just do that again. Honestly, the way they've been doing things, I would not be surprised. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, OK, that seems right. Um, right. Yeah. Um, so what, to start off with, what are we drinking this morning? It's almost 1 PM. It's um, morning for me, Matt. I woke morning. up an hour ago. Some of, <laughs> okay. That's wow. That's so, I'm so impressed. Um, hour and a half. Okay. Let's I took, I took sleep meds last night and I, I woke up before you. Of course I took them at like 10, but, um, so, uh, I am drinking a beer. It is nothing special. Just opened it. Um, <laughs> um, it's called Mountain Life, though, and I like to think that as a result, it is connected to the power of the dog. Um, oh yes. Um. Yeah. Also, the font on the can is very like 60s, 70s. So I just watched Summer of Soul, so it's also kind of connected to that. All right. It's so like you know, melding together. We're we're movies. making it up as we go. I'm <laughs> drinking a beer because I just don't have the energy to make anything else right now. Um, I am I am in the throes of allergy season, folks. That, that truly fits the vibes of this show. So, um, yeah, I'm drinking a Tequila Sunrise. Nice. Both because... I yeah, Man, it, I should be drinking an orange juice drink. What the fuck? <laughs> I know, right? This, that, both to, um, to fit the brunch theme of this episode and um, because it's kind of like the sunrise coming over the ocean as you're out on your fishing trawler with your deaf dad and brother trying to get a lot of fish so you don't lose the boat. I for the wow. movie Coda. Yeah, no, I knew where you're going. Um <laughs> I was thinking Sunrise like worst person in the world. Oh, well, I haven't seen that one yet, which we're oh, going to get into shortly. Oh, okay. Um yeah. yeah. So, um I when uh when I first looked at where I was about a week and a half ago, Things were very dire indeed. I remember at the beginning of this whole process, 
I was um, I was very adamant that this year would not be <laughs> like the other years. That this year would be a cakewalk, and that I had way less movies than usual to watch. So there shouldn't be much of a problem. Problem is, um, I spent about fewer, <laughs> fewer, 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 fewer. Fewer. Okay. Please. All right. We're an English language. We're, a, we're an English grammar podcast now. Um, <laughs> but uh, the problem is I spent like a month basically not watching the Oscar movies. <laughs> and I was like, it would be the sort of thing where I'd be like, oh, yeah, I should watch one of those. And like, I watch maybe one a week, forgetting that eventually you start to run out of time. So I, yep. I'm, I'm at the point that I that I'm always at now where I'm trying to watch three movies a day. Um to be fair, I have blitzed through about 15-ish movies in the last week. And that inclu- that includes when I went away for the weekend and couldn't watch movies. And might I add, March Madness has been going on this whole time yes. as well. Yes. <laughs> Which has been We're basketball fans. So yeah. that's that's a that's been a problem. <laughs> we're we're very dedicated to watching the Oscars, but almost more dedicated to watching all the March Madness games. And it it's yes. been very difficult this year. I, I guess there's never like the Oscars are usually done by this point. Um but there is yes. I've yeah. never felt this this insane pull of like all right i'm awake i have to either be watching an oscars movie or a basketball game it's a really crazy time right now it Um, really is it's been it's been pretty nuts yeah so um why don't we just why don't we give an update as to where we are uh how many movies we have left how many do you have left well i have two left um i'm sprinting across the finish line man i'm there i'm sorry my voice is like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, to be clear, part of the reason that th- this episode has been long coming is Matt has been struggling with allergies, so we've got uh, some voice problems yeah. here. Yeah, you know, I'm going to try my best. Um, that's why I have like four drinks in front of me. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I've got two left. I've got to get through Drive My Car and Nightmare Alley. That's not bad. Um, and that's I feel like that's a good couple to finish out on. I know you think that drive my car is like, you know, it's a big obstacle and the longer movies always are because you have to find time to fit them in. But I found it, you know, really enjoyable. Um, no, I think was... I'm going to like it. I really think I'm going to like it. It's just, it's three hours and it's for me, it's all sub, you know, I have to read it. I have to, you know, right. read the subtitles. Um, right. So that is, that's like a commitment, you know? Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like good. A, it's got... a drama heavy movie. It's not like a, no. Yeah, I, I don't. It's not as heavy as you'd think, though. Okay. Um, but um, uh, yeah, that, that's all I'll say. But it, it's um, I, I think that you're in a good place. Like you've got a lot of time to get through that movie, which is nice. I watched that movie at like 1130 at night <laughs> this yeah. week. That does not sound ideal, but good for it you. was I looking back at it. I'm like, I don't know why I chose that, because there were a bunch of other movies I could have watched. That right. would have been more the easier to get through at that time of night. But I'm just like throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks at this point. I have seven movies left. <laughs> to be clear, it is Saturday right. afternoon right now or Saturday morning in my mind, um, which means I have a little over three movies to watch each day for the next two days. And that includes being done by the ceremony tomorrow. Um, at what, eight? Is it at eight? Is it at nine? 
Uh, I think the ceremony starts at eight. Red carpet starts at six thirty. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's going to be a fun race. Now, one of those seven movies is sure. just is just one of the live action shorts. So uh, I, I've had a couple strategies that have been saving me here that have been like getting me to this point where I can possibly finish. Uh, if I hadn't been doing this stuff, there's no way that I would have been able to make it through. So I've been watching like shorts whenever I can. Usually right. I watch the programs all at once at one sitting preferably in a theater if I can this year um, haven't been able to make it to theaters and they don't even have the shorts on video on demand like they sometimes do. So I've right. been just like tracking them down on YouTube, on HBO, wherever they're available and um, just watching them whenever I've got a spare minute. And that has served me quite well. I only have one short left to watch. Um, I've also been watching documentaries during work, which I find is the, uh, like the the sweet spot where you can still like appreciate the movie um but also like not be completely distracted um you don't i can't have to look at documentaries as much you can yeah. listen to them more yeah yeah i i feel like i can i can follow a documentary a lot more easily than a narrative film especially more easily than like a foreign <laughs> narrative yes. film although a couple of the documentaries are have foreign languages so those were a little trickier to follow yes um but yeah, so I got through all the documentaries. I've got. Um... <laughs> Sorry, I'm remembering our writing with fire. Oh yes, yeah. so that that that's something I definitely want to highlight. Um, yeah. This is every every year for the Oscars, we have some sort of crazy moment that just underlines how insane this whole process is. Um, I think the first year that we did this on the podcast, it was uh, me going up to New York and us finding out like same day that there was a screening of border downtown yes. and then like racing yeah. down to midtown <laughs> to <Yes>. watch it. <laughs> yeah. That um, was really fun. That was good. <laughs> that was great. And that, that totally made the experience this year. It was finding out on like a Tuesday that there was going to be a screening of writing with fire live streamed on the internet on Thursday, like yes. evening. <laughs> And like this was our Thursday was was the first night of March Madness and also yeah. St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yes. Uh. So like <laughs> like the one night of the year you think like, oh, I'm not going to be watching an Oscars movie. It's like, well, this is our one because this is this movie was one that we uh, pinpointed at the start as one that would be tricky to find because its yes. release date is after the Oscars. So um, we were like, well, <laughs> this might be our only shot to watch it. Um, so we're going to have to do it. So literally the two of us were like watching this movie on our laptops while like March Madness played in the background. Yes. <laughs> while it was also St. Patrick's day. <laughs> yes. That this was, was a journey. That was a day. That was a whole thing. The, I, I cannot tell you the, the contrast of the vibes between writing with fire, which is all about like women trying to put together this news agency to report on like very big, important issues and like all their struggles to deal with, like being taken seriously and stuff. And like, meanwhile, in the background, <laughs> there's just like St. <laughs> Peter's is beating Kentucky. And you're like, ah! Ah! <laughs> meanwhile, second, meanwhile, outside of my apartment, there was a massive like party happening for St. Patrick's day. I could hear right. people cheering and screaming and, <laughs> hear some like some music playing like flogging mollies like blasting at top volume oh my god yeah 
Yeah. So so that was very strange vibes for that yeah. evening. Yeah. But we did it. We watched the movie. We moved on. It was good. So it was. yeah. Yeah. So my my remaining movies, uh, aside from uh, I've got the one short, which is Take and Run. It's the only one that's not available online for free. So I'm going to have to buy that one. But it's only one, which is pretty good. Um, Then I've got King Richard, Tragedy of Macbeth, Parallel Mothers, Worst Person in the World, Hand of God, and Lunana, a Yak in the Classroom. So every single one of them except King Richard is foreign language. Is Tragedy of Macbeth foreign language? Oh, no. Sorry, not Tragedy. tragedy okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, wait, no. Um, yeah. Uh, this is this is often how this shapes out. Um, See, I intentionally pepper those in early uh, on. Well, I've been peppering in a few of the, the foreign language ones, um, like Drive My Car, like uh, Flea. Um, but, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's harder to watch those ones, especially if you're watching late at night. Um, yeah. And I've been trying to get through the documentaries during the day. But, um, you know, as soon as we log off of this, I'm probably going to pop in a foreign language movie. Maybe Hand of God. Who knows? Uh, I've got a lot to choose from. Estata la mano de Dio. Oh, very nice. It's Italian. Um, <laughs> huh. Yeah, I thought it was Spanish for some reason. But, um, no, it's Italian. yeah, that movie is Italian. Um, so that'll be nice. And, um, yeah, we've, uh, you're definitely doing a lot better than I am, but I'm hoping to make it across the finish line. When we first talked about this, like earlier in the week, we were like, uh, Hey, (laughs) are we still doing this? Like, where are we at? I, I think you were at like five and I was at like 15 (laughs) (laughs) and that sounded a lot worse. Yes. (laughs) Even though. Even though, like, we're still very much down to the wire here, yes. um, that sounded a lot worse. Although I but... feel much better about having two left than I would about having seven left. Oh, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to watch one more movie this evening and then wake up in the morning and watch something before the ceremony. I'm yeah. going to be, if all goes well, I'm going to get through the short and three features tonight, maybe a fourth if I can squeeze it in. And then I'm going to be waking up early tomorrow. And watching three movies just like I did last year. Yep. Um, and I don't even have something goofy like Pinocchio to put on towards the end like <laughs> last year. That like Pinocchio was one of the best ones to finish out on because it was just um, so crazy. Lunana is pretty light. Okay. Maybe I'll save that for like either the last watch or like the first watch tomorrow morning. Because the one thing I did last year that I liked was that I was like, all right, anything that's like heavy thematically, I'm not going to watch on the last day because there's nothing worse than like being like, all right, got to wake up early in the morning and watch. pop on like a war movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like so Attica, I'm hopefully going to try to take. Oh, yeah. Attica. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so why don't we get like, cause we've watched a lot now since the last episode. So why don't we get into like just some of our highlights? We're not going to go through everything that we watch. Um, maybe when we yeah. get the winners, we'll break down what we thought of the winners. But right now sure. I think we should just talk about like what we've seen in the last couple weeks and what we thought about it. What were our highlights? I like that. That's a good idea. Um, do you want to start? Or do you All right. Start? I'll start. Okay. Um, I'm trying to, one... I'm trying to finish a cough drop, you know? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do your cough drop. I, I got you. Um, so one of my um, like top highlights of ones that I saw in the last week, at least, uh, was Flea. Um, I thought Flea was such an incredible like cross media uh, film. You know, both being animated and a documentary. I haven't really. I don't think I've seen a movie like that. I know like Waltz there was with one Bashir documentary like that, a while ago. It was like in 2000 something, maybe. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Is that Waltz with Bashir? Is that, am I thinking that might be, that right? we might be thinking of the same thing. Yeah. Was that just a historical animated movie? I don't remember, but um, yeah, this was like, first of all, fascinating from just a, a pure filmmaking perspective, seeing how they, adapted documentary footage like of them like actually giving the interviews into animation yes uh and then also like the flashbacks were very good and and because you know it, it it's an all animated movie the flashbacks are so much more seamless the because everything's animated they don't have to like come up with some like crappy true crime style reenactment oh my god with like a weird bad filter over everything and yeah it's on a weird like, camera <laughs> angle and it's like okay yeah, uh, I, I thought that this like made it made a seamless experience of like tying the present together with the past, which was really cool to see yeah. you know, in a documentary. And, and that made it like much more impactful in my mind. Um, this guy's story also is just like it's so heavy and so sad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you get to see some really, truly tragic and horrible events in his life. Um it was just amazing to see an animated movie like this. I, I don't think I've ever seen an animated movie like this. Um, and it's just also a very touching story. Um, it's good to see that like, even after all he's been through, he's still like hanging on to the things that are important to him. Um, and yeah, it, it was just a very interesting movie to see um, that got nominated across categories. You know, one I've never uh, again, nominated for both best documentary and best animation um it's a shame that it's probably gonna have a tough path to either and, one um, wait it got uh, another one too right it was did it get best foreign film i think it well? got yeah i think i got best foreign language yeah film. um so yeah it's gonna be a tough path to any of those awards unfortunately but um like i i wouldn't i wouldn't be mad about it winning any of them i think it really um was an incredible film yeah, I really like that movie. Um, <clears throat> I watched that a while ago. But I thought it was really, really good. Um, I especially like the scene where he, it's like a flashback and he's being smuggled to the airport with that other boy and they're listening to music on an iPod. He's just having like a moment of like gay joy, like to this like 80s pop song. So yeah, cool. I really like that because it was like they, they're they in like this horrible situation and they like don't know if they're going to make it out mm -hmm. safely um, but like just for a moment, they're like able to be happy and just relax yeah. and be young. And yeah, right. that, that, really, that really was really, really nice. And, and it was done beautifully in the movie too. Yes. Um, I love the mix of the narration with like just the music and the animation. Right. Really created a very cool vibe. Yeah. That was a, that was a very good one. Um, I would love to see that win any of the awards it's up for just so it can say it won one, but yeah, I, I agree. You're right. It's going to be a hard hard path through any of them i feel like encanto has animated yeah. locked up i feel like worst person in the world might have international feature locked up like <laughs> so yeah um, yeah and documentary is a is a pretty tough category this year it's always hard to make a prediction in that category i feel because i feel like there's not really buzz about that category the same way like 
I don't know. I don't yeah. need like people making predict, you know. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of good documentaries, so it's hard to say. I really like Tick Tick Boom. Oh yeah, that movie. I saw great. that. I love that recently. Movie. Uh, that's that's a great movie to watch in your your early 30s when you're also like similarly wondering like what am I doing with oh, my yeah. life? Oh yeah, it was a am movie. I, am I on like, the right yeah. path? All that. I'm like, yeah, okay. Andrew Garfield's I feel this. opening song was like about the woes of being in your 30s and feeling like you've done nothing. And I was like, yeah, I get, I get it. Um, um, I also just love any movie that's like about like boho hipster chic in New York. Um, so oh, yeah. I appreciate that. Um, uh, Vanessa Hudgens was in that. That was cool. Um, I don't know why she was there, but like, it's cool. Um, <laughs> um I thought Andrew Garfield was really, really, really good. Um, so. Yeah, I really liked it. That was a was that Lin Manuel Miranda? Did he direct? That? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He directed that. Um, he has a very brief cameo in yes, that. Yes, yes. I know he had the his cameo. Briefest to date. There's like about a billion a billion people who have a cameo in like one song. Um, then there it's a bunch of like stars from like Broadway and stuff. Um, in that one song where they're in the diner. Um, by the way, know. we need we need to discuss. Um, I think we already mentioned before that Lin Manuel Miranda is like the secret. Uh sauce in a lot of the oscars movies this year uh it goes even deeper than i thought because not only did he write the music for encanto not only did he direct uh tick tick boom he also appears in summer of soul he does yeah (laughs) which uh (laughs) i was not expecting and when he popped up i was like oh my god (laughs) He's yeah. in everything. Um, truly crazy. And on the other note, uh, Andrew Garfield, also all over the place. Um, he was he's, in Eyes. Yeah, yeah. He's in three movies, oh, right? He's uh, in Spider-Man. Tick, yeah, Tick, yeah. He was in Spider-Man, Tick, 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 Boom, and Eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, I actually watched Eyes of Tammy Faye and Tick, Tick, Boom the same night same day. for the, the Andrew Garfield double feature. Andrew Garfield double feature. Um, um Let's hop on to that. I kind of liked Eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a wild ride. It was a, oh yeah, it was a strange journey that movie. And I thought Jessica Chastain was excellent. She was so good as Tammy Faye. Um, that movie just had the strangest vibe. Like it was very I strange. Could, well, it the, was the Bakers had the strangest vibe. <laughs> they were listen. So coming from a, a very Christian household, I knew the Bakers. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I figured like you. We talked about this before. I had no familiarity with Tammy Faye, and you were like, "You don't know Tammy Faye." Yeah, yeah, no. By uh, yeah, I knew them very, 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 very well. In fact, um, well, okay, I should say I did not personally know them very, 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 very well. Um, <laughs> my uh, my like grandfather on, on my step family side did actually know them like personally. Wow, and they oh. were at some family events growing up occasionally. So I like big ones, like I'm talking like weddings, like, um, so okay. I don't, can't say I like knew them, but I can like say that like, like at the age of like two, I probably saw them. <laughs> I guess um, it makes sense. You know, Virginia. Yeah. I, I didn't um, realize they were from Virginia, but yeah. Um, so anyway, um, they were uh, just like a force in the Christian community at one point. So they're a very interesting, um, group pair of humans obviously uh he was suspect um yeah did a lot of bad stuff with money. sus as um, they say um but she seems to have been a uh, 
I don't know. It's interesting that she she was known for like being supportive of like folks with HIV and stuff and, and the, the LGBT community in some ways um, when it wasn't in to do so in the Christian community, which is pretty cool, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, props to her for that. Um, yeah, no, she's a, little bit, the... a little bit ridiculous. Is there a Tammy Faye drag queen? <laughs> I feel like there should be a Tammy Faye. Drag there, queen. there must be. I, like somebody should do that on like Snapchat. I mean, she literally also sang. Like it's like already like like she had music. Like you have yeah. built-in stuff to do. She um, is like a, a real life drag character. Yeah, um, she literally is. Like her makeup <laughs> was inspired by drag like makeup. It like I well I don't know if it was literally inspired by, but like it looks like it. Um, it definitely so, does. Like it's just um, like a very strange strange thing i really liked i liked the scene where she uh she interviewed the guy with hiv on her show um like that that was a recreation of a real interview that she did and um I, i loved you know that like she was there being obviously like very supportive and like heartfelt and then like the contrast between what like her when her husband and uh falwell saw it backstage or like what is she doing <laughs> right <laughs> yes what is going on um right. that that like really defined her character and made her like an interesting um outsider for that community right um yeah it was it was a weird movie like i i did like it quite a bit it was fun it was for me like the strangest part was it was hard to tell how much of it was like intentionally funny <laughs> right and how much of it was just like the goofy acting just becoming too much. It was a very strange movie in terms of like the acting and stuff. And like both Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield are very good actors. So I'm sure that they're at least aware that they were being a little goofy, but like just the tone overall of the film was, was very strange. It walked the line between comedic and dramatic in like some very haphazard way. Yeah. Um, it was, I, I agree. And I, I think the acting, it definitely lent to like a, a, a goofy, I mean, part of it is tough because I think Tammy Faye just had a goofy demeanor. Um, oh yeah. So like Jessica Chastain is just trying to imitate what she was, but she had that weird goofy voice and she talked <laughs> like that and she acted like that. Um, you know, and that's hard. And, and Jim Baker was just a weirdo. He's a fucking weirdo. Um, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, it is, it is interesting because it kind of wants to be like a serious drama, but also is kind of like ridiculous and funny. Um, I wish it had leaned more into the ridiculous and funny, like campy elements. Um, Cause I think that's what makes them entertaining. Um, yeah. I mean, what did they yeah. do? They stole money. Well, uh, Jim Baker did a lot of bad things, but otherwise they stole money. Um, like, you know, I don't, I don't care. Money's fake, but like, um, it would have been funny to see a, a, a funnier, you know, a more leaning into it rendition. Yeah. The ending was also kind of weird too. It was like, he just, he like got arrested and then like, she just kind of like bummed around for a while. And then like at the end, she sang that song. And like, that was, yeah, that was just an odd place to end the movie. I feel like they like, didn't, didn't really know where to end it. Cause like their real life story didn't end that dramatically. Right. But, I mean, they just like got divorced and he got paroled and like in like the early 90s like it's like whatever i did like the like the part of the ending scene where it was like the contrast of like how she sees herself on stage and how the audience sees her 
Yes, I did like, like that. Had like that. in her in her mind, there's like this big backing choir and stuff and dramatic lighting, and then like she's just like singing by herself on stage. Right. Pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that that was a fun movie. I I didn't know anything about it going in, so um, it was a welcome surprise. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm told Jessica Chastain is currently like the front runner, I guess, for best actress. So you know. yeah, which like who saw that coming a few months ago? No, but that's but there's like, always turns. It's always like whoever's like originally predicted as the front runner is never who ends up being the front runner in the end. Well, it's um, like people are saying that Coda has a good sh- shot of winning Best Picture now. I'm like, Coda wait, winning what? Best Picture would be Green Book 2.0. I would be really, <laughs> really, would. I would not be happy about that. Um, it wouldn't be quite as bad as Green Book because at I least do think it's better than Green Book. But, it um, doesn't have like the same patronizing approach to like a important well, issue. There are some members of the deaf community who might disagree with that. That's I, I suppose so. I suppose so. Um, it's maybe it's just not as overt about it. Yes. <laughs> that even right. even I, as someone who is not directly involved in that, can be like, wait a minute. Right. Wait a minute. Wait um, a minute. Who are you? Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But I've heard that, too. I've heard that Coda is the front runner. And mm-hmm. I think that's... um. It's like an... I don't know. I, like, why? Like, it. I don't think anybody can actually argue it's the best picture of the year. You definitely uh, can't argue that I, it's like the most like 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 audience. Like I don't I don't know. Like there's no like popular surge behind it. Like I don't really know what the Yeah, that's the be. thing. I don't even know like what what is driving this. Like who who are the big Coda fans out there? Like Green Book um, at least did have like a sort of certain cultural People love uh, Green Book. You know, yeah. Know? Um let me tell you, when my aunt told me that she liked Green Book, I was like Hey, this is going to be a contender because like I it has an audience. <laughs> it has an audience, you know, and like being ensconced in the like younger film geek community, we don't necessarily see things the same way as the voters of the academy, as the wider audiences. So we we have our own biases. So maybe there is a big audience out there for Coda. I just like it I don't see it being the same way partially because it is a streaming movie, so it's not like there's been tons of people going out and seeing coda in theaters and like and it's driving out the on box one of office the more, and... uh, niche streaming yeah platforms. Like, yeah i don't I... know a lot of people who watch apple tv sorry right i mean i had to uh, convince lauren to resubscribe to apple tv so that we could watch this um but um yeah i, I mean i don't know i like the movie fine i thought it was perfectly good i enjoyed it uh I it, does... it was real cheesy it was cheesy. Really it was definitely cheesy. It like like you said about Lunana, it kind of felt like a Hallmark movie. It's just got that thing where it's just like they they had like more a Disney few... than Hallmark. It was like a Disney movie, it, like a Disney Channel original movie. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. Uh, it just it had that or feeling with like where better it's... production value, like it it had better acting, better the production value. Yeah, it was pretty good. It just like overall, like maybe it's the writing or something. It just felt like they they weren't really going for something like hard hitting or something. They were no. just. They were kind of just like, hey, here's a here's a fun movie and here are the beats that we're going to hit. And you can pretty much tell where it's going to go from like the first five minutes of the movie. Um, so it's not really going to challenge you or anything. And I mean, like, that's fine. There's a place for movies like that. I just don't think that that makes it the best movie of the year. Right. You know, like that. There's so many other great movies that are both competently made 
and like really challenging and unusual and interesting and break new ground. Right. That my usual stance on best picture is that it should be something that's either breaking new ground, like making a, a huge wave and like film as a medium, or it should be like something that has a huge cultural zeitgeist behind it. Like yeah. It needs to be one or the other. And this is definitely neither of them. So. Or even just like something that's masterfully made that like, like I would say like um, West side story this year, which is maybe not the most innovative movie ever, but is like a masterclass in like how filmmaking and like right. the, a perfectly made film. So right. like something like that, I would think of the coda. I don't see being any of those. It's like, it's a nice feel good movie. That's enjoyable. It's competently made. Um, but <laughs> I can't say much more about it than that. No, I really, that was probably my least favorite I've watched this year. I won't lie. Um, so I, I would be upset wow. if it won of the Oscars. I don't know. I thought, I, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, uh-huh. I thought it was just like cheesy. I didn't understand. I didn't understand the movie promoting itself as like a thing about the deaf community when it was really about a hearing girl. I thought that was kind of like questionable. Like, yeah, um, like I, and- I it was a weird because if it hadn't promoted itself a certain way, I would feel less weird about it. Like, obviously, there's a there's room for all sorts of stories, but it was like you're promoting yourself as this big like showcase of the deaf community, but like you're really focusing on this one girl who's hearing and like right <laughs> and and you know like the the codas or children of deaf adults do have their own set of struggles that are absolutely and and have a story worth telling yes and i think that the movie did did do a good job of exploring that and like uh like getting into issues that i wouldn't have necessarily thought about so in that way it was kind of impactful but it is weird to brand it as a movie about deaf people when they're like the side characters in the movie and like de- decidedly side characters. It's not like this was really like an ensemble film. Yeah. It was like, it was really about the one girl. Also, like, there is a, I think there's a better film nominated this year. That's about deaf people, which is the short documentary audible, which oh, yeah, I really I enjoyed. I liked audible a lot. Yeah. Um, why don't we talk about some of the shorts while we're at yeah. it? Um, you haven't seen all of them. Cause you're missing I, one. I am missing um, one live action, which I'll probably watch as soon as we log off. Um, but uh, it yeah, it can be my favorite of the live actions. I'm trying to remember. I I've like heard it's one. good. Yeah, I've heard it's good. Um, it is the longest one. Although so I like Please Hold too. Them. I like Please Hold. But, um, I did like Please Hold. Um, let's talk about Please Hold. Okay. Um, that was the one of the live action shorts. It's um, it's about basically like it, it's like a dystopian future where like everything is taken over from automation, including like the whole arrest and prison process. Yes. So this guy gets like mistakenly arrested. Supposedly we never really even find out what he's in there for, but he gets arrested by a drone sent to like an automated prison with an automated legal process and like automated lawyers and stuff. And it's got like, it's got a funny, but also dark tone to it. It's definitely a dark comedy. It's like a Black Mirror mm-hmm. episode, but like, sure. yeah, it really did feel like Black Mirror. Um, but I, I, I liked it. It was um, not what I liked about it was it wasn't like too heavy handed with the satire. It, it allowed itself to be funny and not like just grim and depressing the whole time. Um, and you know, it did touch on an important issue without getting too in the weeds about it. Right. 
yeah yeah i thought it was really really good um i don't know i just i thought it was interesting but it like it was funny i liked that it had a guy who i knew from a crazy ex-girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> um, oh okay um the, the main guy he was a crazy ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. um and i really really liked him in it so um i really appreciated it um i don't know it's also very timely you know about the way you know police state and like this like terrifying world where they're like watching you on a drone and you can go and be sent there and just like nobody even like you don't interact with a human at all i feel yeah. like that that's like i feel like that is like a world that i can envision so like you know that's like <laughs> Yeah, Pretty terrifying. <laughs> it's combining all the problems of the police state and the incarceration system with like the increased push for automation and right. AI and less humans involved in everything. So, yeah, I could totally see a, a future wherein it, at least not something as over the top as this, but like certain elements of the justice system become more automated and more removed from humanity, and that's kind of what this film is uh trying to get people aware of like right get you worried about and like yeah that is a scary idea it's very scary so i like that it was you know the fun (laughs) in a way but also kind of it was definitely trying to be funny like it it wanted you to laugh Mm -hmm. um what other shorts are worth noting on which one a live action any any of them um let's see what else is worth noting ah animated affairs of the art what'd you think of that oh yeah <laughs> that one was so weird yep. oh my god uh and like honestly i i loved it it was yeah, so really much fun uh every every time we watch the shorts we comment on the fact that a lot of them are depressing and i feel like that trend is becoming more and more so each year mm-hmm. um this was not that. This was just like a straight up silly, goofy animated movie, um, but w- with a strong theme and uh, pretty good animation. It was just like all about like obsession in a way and like yeah. dedicating yourself to something to like an extreme extent to the point that it's like weird to outsiders. Mm-hmm. So like th- this woman who's the main character is like very, has become very obsessed with art and like drawing things and capturing a certain moment on the paper. Uh, but she also talks about like other people in her family who are obsessed with really unusual things. Right. And uh, the, the movie gets really weird and gross at times. It gets unusually like strangely disturbingly horny at moments. Yes. Yep. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it was a very strange movie. Um, but a lot of fun. I was like watching, I was like, oh yeah, this is animation that is not for kids. It's not. <laughs> I would you, argue you... <laughs> that four out of five of these were not for kids. No. Like, only I... one of them was for kids. Only one of the animated shorts was for children yeah there was one that was very clearly for children uh the other ones were not and that's usually a thing with the animated shorts they have to like warn people up front hey like these are probably not all going to be for kids this year definitely felt like it was most of them usually one exception (laughs) often you might might have a year where like one is not for kids but the rest are at least like if they watch it it's not a big deal this year well, I, I was like, kids shouldn't watch like at least three of those. And one of them is like, if they watch it fine, I'm talking, I'm thinking of box ballet. If they watch it, sure. But it's like mm-hmm. probably not great for them. Like, yeah, um, it's got a bit of like animate, uh, animated violence and lechery right. in there. And right. not, not pretty. Um, 
but it's it's way tamer than Affairs of the Art or Bestia or um, oh, the Windshield God, yeah. Wiper. Um, Even I was like, Bestia was like, oh, that's a little much. <laughs> it's disturbing. Bestia was disturbing. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, just... Um, uh, and I didn't see the uh, the theatrical version this year, but like usually what they'll do is they'll put the more questionable ones towards the end, then be like, you might want to take your kids out now. Did they, they do anything they similar after... this year? Yeah, so um, Robin Robin and Box Ballet played, and then they put up a card saying that the next three would be unsuitable for children. Um, <laughs> Makes sense. I would have put it up before Box Ballet maybe, but... Yeah, box belly is questionable. I like there's nothing like but at least there's not like horniness as in the same way. Like there's not as much sex and it's not like um I don't know, it's not like dogs' heads are being cut off, which is more than we can say for another one. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about Bestia. Um Bestia was a horror wow. movie. Bestia <laughs> was so scary. Bestia was very alarming. The whole time I was watching it, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, so I read a little bit about it, and it was about this woman who was a member of, like, the Chilean secret police during the dictatorship down there. Yep. I don't know much more about it than that, so I can't really get into it. But And it's about, like, her, uh, like, get putting out, like, carrying out hits on people and, like, her strange relationship with her dog, which I think will just draw the line of what we say there. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, Ooh, whatever you're thinking, it, it's probably right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and this is all shown in, like, kind of... In stop-motion animation with, you know, usually stop-motion animation is at least a little grotesque. This was yes. pretty, pretty grotesque. Um so yeah, <laughs> that was one where I'll, uh, even I was like, oh, you know, like I feel like I watch a lot of <laughs> gruesome stuff, but like this was even a little much for me. It's I, I think it's it animated. It's it was the dog stuff yeah. that did it for me. That was <laughs> that was a little. I was not expecting that either. No. Like I was just like, oh, this is the last animated short I have to watch. <laughs> oh, it was Let's last for you. It was the uh, yeah. so in the program in the package. It's fourth. Um, okay, it's nestled between affairs of the art. And um, windshield wiper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which is some interesting emotional whiplash, I will say. Affairs of the Art is funny if dark, and windshield wiper is inappropriate for kids because it's pretty horny. Like, there's a lot of sex in that one, but it's not like super dark. You know, it's like fine. Yeah, no, it, it's um, relatively lighthearted. It's about like all sorts of different issues that come up with like dating and falling in love and stuff, especially in the modern world. Right. Um, yeah. About so dating it's apps, at, really, it's about like, like dating yeah. in the dating app era. Um, it's at times funny at times, a little sad, but nothing at times too a little full of itself. Um, <laughs> possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Um, it is. It definitely parts of it had those vibes that are like, Oh, if everyone wasn't on their dang phones all the right, time, that's what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> sort of like, Oh, these kids and their dating apps. Wow. It's like, Okay, right. fair, but also like the phones are here to stay. We just have to learn how to live with them, you know. Right. Um, I did not really like Robin Robin. <laughs> no, me neither. Thank you. A lot of people have loved it. I thought it was like kind of silly. It was like I don't know. It was like just kind of 
it wanted to be like a weird short musical, but I was like, what are we doing here? What is yeah. the point of any of this? Well, so most years there's like one like kid friendly one that's got like a bunch of celebrity voices and is about 30 minutes long. And it's usually pretty charming and light and like kind of a palate cleanser after some of these other ones. But this one just felt silly yes. and unnecessary. And like, I just, I did not feel that it lived up to the rest of the program in terms of quality. Uh, I'm sure if you had kids and you show them this, they'd love it, but uh, it was not for me. And I've liked, I've liked a lot of the kid friendly ones in the past. Like room on the broom is still one that I think about as like one of my favorite animated shorts that I've seen as part of this process. Right. But um, this one was not that. <laughs> no. It was just kind of silly. It's about a Robin who thinks that he's a mouse and he's raised by mice and a she. And that's it. That like, yeah, it plays out about as you'd expect. Also, I didn't like the cat slander. The cat. (laughs) Cats are evil. They even like had to directly state at the end that like the cat was the villain. Yes. (laughs) Like the one. (laughs) Like, yes, even. Oh, continue, continue. If we're, they're like, oh yes, even though we're different, we can still be family. And they're like, well, can the cat be family? Like, no, the cat is the villain, and that was it. <laughs> he tried to eat us. Okay. Yes. I mean, the cat did try to eat them, and a cat would try to eat them. But to like, be fair, yes, cats are not evil. Um, I yeah, I did not, I did not appreciate that. I also, I think mice are evil. So I was also like a little, I was like, this is like, come on. Like mice are the bad guys here. Why are we making mice? If if, why are we making mice who break into your home and steal your food? The good guys. That's not true. That's not, that's not what the reality we live in. I know I speak as a New York city resident when I talk like this, but mice are not the good guys. I just need everyone to know mice are the enemy. So did not like coming from a certified mouse killer. You guys, I don't know if I take his word on it. Mouse trap. Um, <laughs> mouse right. hunt. Whoa. Um, we should review Mouse Hunt next. Mouse hunt. Uh, Where's Mouse Hunt's Oscar? <laughs> it should have had one. Um, let's talk about some of the live action ones again. Uh, okay. We already talked about Please Hold. I can't talk about Take and Run because I haven't seen that yet. <gasps> um, um. Uh, let's talk about The Dress. Which I, I watched. Mm, okay, that one was suspect. No. Last night. <laughs> Listen, um, that one was going well until like maybe the end. That's mm-hmm. exactly what I was gonna say. Um, and this, it, like, it's a movie about a little person who is like trying to find love, and it does not go well. Um, no, it's really it, upsetting. It like, I'm sure that like, like the, like reality is such that reality is upsetting for little yeah. people. I 100% sure that believe that stuff like this happens, but it definitely um, is like a pulling the rug out from under you. And it's also like, maybe they should have warned us that the movie was going to include something that uh, upsetting towards the end. Like maybe like a little, little, Hey, by the way, um, it was very sudden. Yeah. And like in a movie that like, it seemed like it was, it was going pretty nicely. And it was like, a, you know, going to be a nice movie about somebody finding love despite, like their particular challenges and like their own unwillingness to put themselves out there because of the experiences they've had with other people. And then the ending just goes and confirms like, no, like she was right not to trust other people. This guy was a piece of shit the whole time. Right. Um, and 
Yeah, that is that is a, a grim way to end a like 30 minute short film in the last two minutes. <laughs> yeah, it just felt like it was like a total tone reversal. There's no there's no option for redemption. No, the end, you know, and like, like, I, I totally buy like if it had been a longer movie, I don't know, like like the, the idea that like you think you found somebody and then it turns out they just fetishize you like that's like a real thing i think and i think that is worth exploring but i don't think this movie did that particularly well um because i feel like a lot of people from many different minority groups around you know can can vouch for the idea that like that happens like you're you know you're interested in somebody you you're going out and then you realize they like you for something really weird and fetishizing and think you're something you're not and you know like that's a that's a very very terrible reality that we live in but like this movie did not want to actually explore that. It was just like being pretty exploitive, um, exploitative. Um, yeah. Um, and having a very like traumatic ending. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I don't know. It, it, it's kind of what you come to expect from the live action shorts, unfortunately. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. It was well made though. I mean, and the acting was good. Yes. I just like, yes, I thought the main actress was really, really good. I really liked her. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about another one that I found also kind of exploitative, uh, the long goodbye. Is that the Riz Ahmed one? Yeah. Yeah. This one, uh, so it's basically about, you know, Riz Ahmed and his character being like Muslim Pakistani or British Pakistani. Yes. Um, so I, I assume that his family is supposed to be similar in the, right. his fictional family in this movie. Um, it makes sense because it's Brexit and all. So. And so, yeah, it, it's it's kind of like a Brexit, like racial tension movie. It's about like in a, in a near future where like some sort of white supremacist gang like takes over and starts rounding people up and killing them. And like, it's just that it's just 10 minutes of that. And you get to see that. And it's, it's grim and horrible. And then at the end, Riz Ahmed, after he's shot, gets up and like raps a bunch about like the difficulty of being Pakistani British and like all, like all the stuff that people like try to tell him to go back to his own country, but he doesn't know where that is. Um, and I like that part quite a bit. I thought his raps were really good. Yes. I thought that that kind of like, it had like kind of a blind spotting vibe to it. I was about to say, what was the other movie that did that? And that you answered my question. Okay. Yeah. But I just thought like the rest of the movie, it was just so much like all awful stuff. It was that it was just like, you know, it was like kind of like, they're just like throwing stuff in your face to shock you. Right. Um, without a lot of like attempts for like real emotion or like feeling like real human, real humanity behind it. It was just grim and dark. Yeah. Um, I feel like it, it could have worked better as like a feature length film where you'd have more time to explore these kind of issues. And I did think that like, especially at the end with the rap, like it, it seemed like they, they were trying, they had some good ideas that they wanted to explore, but all you got to see was guys in white hoods shooting Brown people, which is, not upsetting. Yeah. yeah, it's just an upsetting thing. It doesn't really like give you a very nuanced view of things. Right. But I don't know. I mean, you know, I always like Riz Ahmed. He was fine in this. Uh, I really did like his rapping. I would like to see this as like a longer form piece. Me too. I, you know, yeah, you know, it's difficult. It's because you don't want to, I mean, it's Riz Ahmed. He's talking about his own 
experiences in a way, you know? Um, yeah. It's hard to say that it's exploitative for him to talk about his own issues, but it did feel a little bit of that. Um, so yeah, I agree. I, I, mean, agree. Um, I mean, I I I can't get offended on behalf of anyone. I'm just saying for me. No, like, no, no. I know just, what you're saying. I know what you're saying. And I agree. I agree. And I don't think you're alone. I don't think either of us are alone <laughs> in that. Um, so I'm trying to talk and then I'm trying to not sneeze and... <laughs> kill me we're we're struggling here folks we're we're in the we're like we're gonna be limping across the finish line this year (laughs) this is literally us uh like crawling our way into the dolby theater crawling in my skin (laughs) (laughs) yes cannot heal Um, big vibe right now um yeah i really want to die um what i mean is i want my nose to stop and then i want my voice to come back um that would be better yeah. than dying um, true you're right about that um yeah so i don't know i thought uh i agree with you about the long goodbye i thought it was a bit you know they they tried to shove all of like the commentary into the end really um yeah um and like yeah I don't know. You're right. It needed more time to flesh those ideas out. So I am inclined to agree. Um, all right. Um, we, we referenced, uh, audible already getting into the documentary ones. Yes. Um, that was one of my favorite ones. I don't know if I'd say my favorite. Um, I really like that. Uh, it, it's about a, a deaf high school football game uh, football team at a, like an all deaf high school in Maryland. Um, and it's just about like all their, their competitive spirit, like how they're champions. They, they're very good. They're yeah. Very good they're, they're team. like, they're a very good high school uh, football team. They, they're like the, the opening of it showed like their first loss in like nine seasons, which is absolutely insane for yep. a high school team. Yep. Um, but yeah, and, and it's like all about like their competitive spirit, also like the people on their team, uh, the struggles they've gone through. Um, they, there's like this friend that they had who transferred to a hearing school and then ended up committing suicide because of like all the crap that he took when he moved over. Yes. Um, and it, it's just gay, like worth noting. He was like yeah, a queer, yeah. queer kid. Yeah, a gay deaf black man. Uh, not a... <laughs> Not a great place to be. Not in America. Um, not in America now. Or but, anywhere. I mean, there's really not a yeah, but <laughs> but um yeah, it but it doesn't it's not like too sad and, and dark. Like a, a lot of it is very much about like how they're and, and not in like a sappy way either, but about like how they're persevering, how they use that their their deafness is like an advantage because the teams don't expect them to be as hard and as competitive as they are. Right. Um, and they come in, they underestimate them and then they win. Um, and it was about how like they, they pretty much dominate the, the deaf football squad, but also they, uh, do a good job of beating hearing squads as well. Yes. Um, and I just thought it was it was really cool. It was a very unusual documentary short. I thought they did such a great job of capturing the conversations between all these players because it is it's kind of difficult to capture a sign language conversation because you have to be like head on to everyone who's talking. Right. Um, you can't like film over the shoulder, but 
they managed to do that in a documentary setting, which like I don't know if they had like multiple cameras on set or they like did retakes of people's conversations, but they did right. a great job of capturing the conversations in a way that felt naturalistic in a documentary setting. <clears throat> I, I agree. I also thought um, for one thing, this movie didn't, it didn't do what a lot of movies might do and lean into like inspiration porn, like saying like, Oh, yeah. look how good they are. You can yeah. do whatever with your life. It wasn't doing that. I really appreciated that. Um, I also liked how much it, it went, how many, the links it went to show that these are also still just high school kids. Like, these are kids like they have dating woes. There's like a scene yeah. where they're at like a drinking high school party. Like I really appreciated that. Like, it's just like, they're still also just like kids and they're dancing and they're having fun. Like, um, yeah, there was like a subplot about like, is this guy going to ask the girl out to the prom or whatever? So, right. like, and, I, and that felt like very like high school. Mm-hmm. Like it was all like, Oh, come on, just ask her out. Like we all know you're going to do it. Right. But, I, like everybody was playing all like, coy. And so, there's like so much like when when people like think about like deaf kids or like kids with any disability or anything like that, um, they might think like like people don't think of them as still just like normal like teenagers who like do teenager high school things. And I really appreciate that this movie was like they are teenagers. They're doing teenager things, you know, because um, it's it would be so easy to just make it all about how they're they're deaf and, you know, how difficult that is and not about the other things in their life. Um, but it is also about just like being a kid. Um, so I like that. I did yeah. really like that one. It was probably one of my favorites. Um, of the, I think, yeah, I, like I think the that was my favorite. Too. I like the queen, the of, basketball. queen of basketball. I liked a lot too. Um, that was about, uh, Lucia Harris, who was like, apparently a, a really like dominant basketball player in college back before, like they even had the women's NCAA before the WNBA existed. Mm-hmm. Um, she was apparently like really good and all about her experiences and like the, her team winning like three championships in a row and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, it was really cool. The one thing is like, I, I felt like the, the movie didn't really like go anywhere. It was like, no. we saw all this stuff about her life. And then at the end it was just like, Oh yeah. And that was it. Like, you know, I didn't, they didn't have the WNBA, so I didn't do that. So I just kind of settled down. Isn't that normally yeah. how the the New York Times documentary shorts go? <laughs> I guess what was so. The, the music yeah. one last year, where it was like it was about the music, um, the the guy who who plays music, um, and it's just sort of like a slice of life. It's like he plays music, yeah. and that's what he does. His dad came to watch him, and it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, it it was nice. It told a, a story that I was not familiar with, and you know, it's about basketball, and this is during March Madness. So I thought that was you know that that hit me especially hard right now. You know, I was like, hell yeah. Like yeah. you did awesome. We need to hear more about stories of athletes like this who didn't necessarily get the attention they deserve. Um, but it did, it did end like kind of anticlimactically. And they talked about the fact that she struggled with bipolar disorder, but they didn't really go into that. Yeah. I did. Very wish deeply. They, I did wish they'd gone into that more, but you know, it was all right. It was fine. Um, uh, um, what, a, uh, also like when we were bullies, I also thought was kind of anticlimactic. Um, that one was interesting. And by interesting, I mean, kind of, it was very weird to make a movie about how this whole class bullied a kid and then make it about the bullies. Um, yeah, well, no, that, that's like what I got by the end of it. And like, I think even the filmmaker himself realized that because yeah. he kind of talked about that towards the end. It was like, 
so like the the whole movie is about like this guy remember remembering this incident from his childhood where like he and a bunch of other kids had like bullied this kid because of like some strange roundabout circumstances um but um and then like him like tracking down other people from his class and talking to them and like trying to get their memories of it was also what in happened brooklyn. it was in brooklyn <laughs> Yeah, so this is the, this is your backyard Stop where this all around. taking place. <laughs> um, but um, and then like he was saying, like how like he wanted to you know track down the guy that they bullied, but then by the end of the documentary, he kind of realized that like maybe he wouldn't want that, and he wanted to give him the option. So instead, he just sort of wrote him a letter telling him all about it, and that and that was it. Um. Which is like it's just strange. It's very anticlimactic the way it ends. It also does like feel like you've been watching this this whole time, where it's like the bullies telling their side, but you don't get to hear the other side of the story. And it's also like, oh, you're making a movie about how you bullied this kid, but you're making it all about yourself and like your experience of it. Um, that doesn't sound so great, <laughs> right? Just a weird choice. But, I mean, maybe it was like yeah. something he needed to like get out. Like he needed to like purge this from his system. Yeah, um, yeah. But it, like it started so interesting. I was like, th- like this is a, a thing that's like not really explored. It's like you know bullying in schools. And, like everybody talks about like you know how bullying takes place in schools. But like seeing it from this perspective and like thinking about it like fifty years after it happened and like trying to go back and figuring out how this took place it was kind of interesting it just didn't really go anywhere (laughs) right right but i did think it was you know it was kind of interesting to think about how it still haunts like the bully you know Um, yeah yeah no i did think that was what made it an interesting perspective i think there are i mean i complain that it it's like making it all about the bully and not the bullied but like there isn't really a darth of content about like bullied people and what yeah you know um we we you can find any number of mainstream movies that, you know, are about like the kid who gets bullied. Um, But it was interesting to see one that was um, from the other perspective. I just didn't think it really like what, I don't know what he learned, you know? Right. (laughs) um, Like if if there'd been like a, a transformative experience for him or something, like maybe I would feel differently, but it was just sort of like, I did this and now it's done. To, yeah, towards the end, it was just kind of like one of those. Oh, what did we learn? What did we learn? Oh, who's to say? But, but we did it. That's that was our experience. Which, which makes it worse that it's just like he's making it about him because it's like you're making it about you and you can't even figure out like what this meant to you and like what like how you've changed in this process. Like at the very least, you should be able to do that if you're not going like, to make it about the bullied kid. Like yeah, you know yeah. Um, So I don't know. I wish the filmmaker well. I'm sure he's not a bully anymore. But like, if you can't be introspective enough to figure out how this changed you, I have questions about your current relationship to bullying. So, um, yeah, you know, hopefully he's nice now. I'm sure he's fine. It seemed like it was like one of those things where like a couple kids started bullying and everybody sort of did bandwagon bullying. Um, Yeah, that's the thing. And I kind of wish it had followed on up on that a little bit more because I felt like that was the interesting part of it is that it seemed like it started out with a misunderstanding and then more people piled on and then it just became like the thing that everyone was doing. And I feel like if they'd gone more into in depth into that, it could actually become more of a interesting analysis of why bullying happens. Right. Agreed. Um, 
Lead Me Home, I found just completely unimpressive. Which one was that? Um, I don't even that was the one about the homelessness crisis. Oh my god, I didn't like that at all. That was exploitative and weird. That was that was like tragic tragedy porn. Like I did not, I did not need that. Yeah, it just it started out like from the the idea of it. I thought like, okay, this could be interesting. Like they're actually you know going out and talking to homeless people. And like they're doing it in like some of the major cities where it's becoming a crisis. Was it plural? I thought it was one city. Well, it's it's in Seattle, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. So it's all along the West Coast. Yeah, West Coast. Um, I think it mainly focuses in Los Angeles, at least just judging by a lot of the the footage. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, that was my Um, takeaway that it was in Los Angeles. So, but it's just like it doesn't really go anywhere it does it's not like it only very um curse what the word it very vaguely touches on the actual stories of any of the people that are in the movie um it's more of like a top down view which is not what i'd expect from the movie that's saying that like they're going out and actually talking to these people and it's a weird perspective to take on homelessness like that's a weird like to be top down literally is a weird perspective to take um also like when you're gonna make a movie like this like i don't know there's like no like even like thought to like offering like solutions or like 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 i was just like what are we doing here we're all just like watching people cry in a studio this is very upsetting like these people are crying in an interview room like yeah and and again they they only very vaguely involved like any people who are like trying to make things better like the people trying like giving them showers and stuff like that um they they didn't really touch very much on like what was being done to help or what should be done to help uh it's just kind of like this is the crisis and this is what's going on um and it's like okay well (laughs) i know about homelessness but i don't feel like i really learned anything from watching all this yeah, I mean, yeah very much some, at all. Like, yeah, I knew all of these major West Coast cities had a homelessness problem. What? That's what I. That's what I am supposed to take away because I knew that. Like, so I don't know. That one was weird. Didn't like it. Let's talk about the last documentary short because there's only one left. Um, three songs for Benazir. Three songs for Benazir. This was an interesting movie. I didn't really know what to think about it. Um, this was very slice of life. Yes. Um, and I guess in that way, like it fits that format perfectly. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to have a real ending or anything. Um, but it's all about the, this young man living in an Afghani refugee camp and like his attempts to make a life for himself, to provide for his wife and his family. Right. Um, and just about like his struggles with that. And what I thought was most impactful about that is that like it showed him at one point in time and it showed him four years later. Um, and uh, it's, it's pretty sad. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff that you see here, like, cause you see like, you, like the first part you see like a young man who's like relatively full of hope. Like he has ideas for how he's going to make his way in the world and like what he's going to do. And he has this dream of joining the army, which like, it's it's an important dream for him. I don't know if like, you know, that's not my <laughs> the highest aspiration in the world, but for him like it clearly means a lot. It means a lot to him to like have this job in the army and to be able to like fight to protect his people. 
And so like, you know, that I can respect that. Um, and then, but like people are pushing him to like, to get into harvesting opium, which is apparently like the only other really profitable thing you can do around there. Right. And he doesn't want to do it because like, it's, you know, it, they don't get treated well and it's bad. And you know, you're harvesting, harvesting opium. drugs <laughs> for a living. It's, it's not great. Um, and so like you see him like fighting and trying to get into the army and like and he, he can't do it because like he can't he doesn't have the education and the people in his family won't support him and like sign the papers that like will you know, say like this guy is like a stand up guy and can make it in the army. So like apparently without that support, he can't get in. And so he has to go harvesting opium and then you get like the four year flash forward and he's addicted to opium and he's in a rehab facility and it's, it's, it's very grim and sad. And, and like, and the, the three songs for Ben Azir is like that, you know, he sings a few times to his wife in the movie and it's very good. You know, he's a pretty good singer. Um, it's beautiful. And it's, it's, it's sad to see this young man, like getting beaten down by the world around him and like the choices that he's being denied. Right. Yeah, it was kind of a downer. Um, <laughs> definitely, definitely a downer. It was not an uplifting filmic experience. Um, but, you know, I guess I sort of expect that from the documentary shorts most of the time. Um, yeah. No, I liked it, though. I thought it was interesting. Um, if a bit. Yeah, there was something about, like, how... There was something about, like, how personal it was that made it feel less, like, just like depressively downer like we're just going to show you sad things it's like well this is you know this guy's life and yeah, it was, it was very his story it wasn't like like just like a depressing overview of like an entire society or something like that um, it was mm-hmm. it was just his life yeah um, obviously that has implications but um you know and that is saying something about the world around him it's not like he lives in a vacuum but um it, right. you know it is still just about it was about him and i like that focus and- i thought that focus helped um so yeah. And it's like, it's very narrowly focused. Like it doesn't really ever go outside of like his direct story. And like, it doesn't even really uh, focus much on like his family members and stuff who are like around, but no, not it's, really it's him. doing anything. It's just his story. Uh, and I think that narrow focus helps it quite a bit. He's a, you know, he's a compelling character. He's likable. You can see like the drive that he has. Um, and even though it ends on a sad note, you can, see that he still has hope and that he like still loves his family and that they're what he gets up in the morning for. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, it was really good. It was very touching. Um, and it is another one of those documentary movies where I'm like, how were they allowed to film some of this stuff? Cause like, there's a whole portion where they go like directly into an army facility, yeah, like to film him <laughs> talking to the leadership and like explaining what he needs to do. I'm like, how on earth were they able to bring a whole camera crew along for this? I don't know. Um, it's pretty wild, but, um, it was nice. Oh, and <laughs> Can I add that this is the closest movie we get this year to just like a straight up war zone movie? Yeah. Um, which is kind of refreshing. Yeah. I get like we've seen some good war zone movies over the years, but um, it's kind of nice to not have one this year that's just all that for like 90 minutes yeah. or even like 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, this was this was not as as brutal as that. This was more personal, which was 
it was sad, but it wasn't like brutal. So it was yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me kind of of um, what was that skateboarding movie from a couple years back? Oh, um, oh my gosh, Mind the Gap. Mind the Gap, minding or Minding the Gap. Yeah. Um. Either. Um. So, like, what reminded me of that is like. Wait, the, do you mean? Wait, do you mean the full length skateboarding one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Then Minding the Gap. Yeah. Because there was also that short documentary about the the girls who skateboarded. Oh that, yeah, yeah. That was learning to skateboard in a war, war yeah, zone or something. Yeah. yeah. No, this reminded me of the the feature length one. It was just like the the way of like how like when you film people over enough time, like you can see like big changes in their life. Um, right. Because yeah. that was okay, a yeah, big yeah. part of mining the gap, and this was similar. Like you know, seeing the impact that like the world around him and the choices he's had to mm-hmm. make have had on his life is like when you can see it in just a few minutes on the screen, it's like, Whoa, like right. it's incredible the way, cause when it happens in slow motion over time, you don't even really see it. Right. It really puts it into focus. So I thought that was cool. Um, so yeah, those are all the shorts. That's mostly what I've been working through recently. Um, <laughs> is there anything else we want to talk about before we get into predictions? I don't um, think so. is there anything you want to talk about? Not really. Um, talked about Flea. I don't want to talk about Drive My Car yet. I think that's the only thing I really well, I haven't seen want it, to so. touch on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, we should we should talk about Attica and Summer of Soul. Okay, okay. I want to touch on both of those. Uh, very documentary heavy today. Um, Attica. Oh my God, Attica what a was heavy a, was very heavy, heavy. movie. Yeah. Um, so it's all about the Attica prison riots. Um, from the early seventies. Yeah. Um, and what I thought was amazing about it, first of all, was how much footage they actually had from inside. Yeah. Like, I guess, you know, they had camera crews come in and stuff, but I, I never realized like how much they were able to film in there and how like they still have all this footage. Um, but it was really very interesting to see like how they filmed, um, how like the prisoners set up like their own little system of government almost to like try to decide what to do and negotiate with the outside world and stuff and just seeing how it all fell apart. And then the ending with just like the insane, horrible amounts of violence that happened after the prison was stormed by the, um, the guards, uh, very brutal. Um, very hard hitting, uh, documentary. And what I really liked about it too, was that there was a lot of survivors from the prison riots who were being interviewed as like the main part of the narrative. Um, and their perspective was really helpful in like, it was figuring out like what the overall feeling of this situation was. Yes. I really appreciated that the movie largely focused on them. I think it would have been easy to make this movie without their voices like you could have made this movie just like a historical piece about it Mm -hmm. and you could have made them look like the bad guys really um but this movie didn't it made them i mean it you know it made them out to be like the good guys that they i mean as far as i can tell most of these people were not bad people um maybe they did some bad things in their life but you know are they bad people i don't know i can't say that um okay so you know i i really appreciated that i thought that that made it really interesting and um also made it way heavier. <laughs> it was very upsetting oh, yeah. to hear from people who were there. Yeah. Like you got to hear 
firsthand like their stories of what it was like to see people like shot by 30 bullets at once and like getting beaten down and being forced to crawl naked through sewage and stuff. It's, it was, it was really horrifying to yeah. hear people recounting that firsthand. Like it's one thing to like hear about what happened, but another thing to like hear someone who was there tell you what they experienced. Right. Um, right. So that, that made it that much more impactful. It's just a t- horrible, <laughs> I mean, they were in horrible circumstances and then it ended horribly. Just mm-hmm. like a, what a nightmare. Absolutely. On the other end of the spectrum, um, we've got Summer of Soul, which is one of the more joyous documentaries I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, There's still some melancholy in there, but yeah. 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 I mean, and, and, but that that's what's interesting about this movie is like, so it's set around this uh, multi-weekend long music festival that took place in Harlem in 1969, the same summer of Woodstock. Um, with just like all, yes, yes. Like all of the most, like the biggest African-American musical acts of the time basically performed at this festival. Um, and, uh, like it's, it's about the music. It's about the musicians. It's about the people who went there to see it. And also like it's about all the big cultural and political changes that were happening at the time. You know, right. They talk about the black Panthers. They talk about uh, like all the changes <clears throat> in fashion and art at the time. Mm-hmm. They talk about like how blackness itself was first becoming a thing at the turn of the decade here. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. like the black liberation movement. And they tie all that into this one big festival that, uh, took place over a few weekends in 1969. And it's crazy to see how it's all woven together. Um, it's got really incredible archival footage, um, some of which is just being seen for the first time because apparently it was just sitting around in basements for decades. Right. Um, and what I what I thought was like a really cool quirk of this movie was that they've got you know, people who were there, either artists or spectators from the festival, and they like show them the footage and have them react to it. Yeah. Um, and that's what like really carries this over the top. And like, cause you get to see their emotional reactions to mm-hmm. seeing something that happened like 50 years ago. Right. Uh, and they were there and they can like appreciate the impact of it now. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, they, it clearly had such a profound impact on a lot of these people. Like, they have a very emotional reaction to it. <clears throat> um, and it is really, <clears throat> I, I agree. I think that's one of the the better parts of it. I think it, their emotional reaction just makes it way more profound. Because <clears throat> it, mm-hmm. it clearly had such an impact on them. The music in this movie is so good, of oh course. Gosh, so yeah. Good. So, so just like, all of like the best performances from the biggest artists of the time. Um, and they do a really good job of like setting up who these artists are, like their impact, how they came to be and like leading you into the performance. And a lot of times the, the, this movie just lets the song breathe. Like you can get most of a full performance of right. a song in this movie and just like vibe with it. And I thought that was really cool. Um, it was definitely like one of the more fun watches because you could just like sort of sit back and jam for a little while. Um, 
and like feel like you were there sometimes. I mean, like the the quality of the footage and the audio is incredible. That's really good. Yeah, I feel like you like you could just like close your eyes and imagine you were there, like listening to this, right? Um, which was so cool. And you know, they talked about like the people who organized the festival and how it came to be, and just like like what this meant to the community, how it changed it. Um, how they like, you know, just like seeing everybody in the community out in the open um, all at once, just like millions of black people together listening to this music, like just shaped their lives and, and made them like think differently about uh, what it means to be black in America. Right. Um, and I thought it was cool to consider that. I mean, I don't know anything about what that's like. Right. But like just hearing about like what it means to these people. um really made me like think about that perspective and what it would be like. Um, I thought it was, they, they tied it into the historical events at the time. I thought that was really cool. Like that, like the moon landing took place during this. Oh yeah. And there were a bunch yeah. of people there. It was just like, why do I care about the moon landing? Like right. that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't affect me, but like this here is my community. This is like something I can experience myself. Right. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. I agree. Agreed. They talked about all the like all the like assassinations that had led up. There were so that many period at that of time. time. <clears throat> yeah, like this was like right after like JFK, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Robert Kennedy. Yeah, just all in sequence. Um, yeah, they talk about that. That's like it's it's pretty wild to think. Like, I mean, we don't live in a world now where that happens in the same way. Um, mm -hmm. And it's pretty wild to think about that was like a period where there were like actual assassinations, like often. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't I just fathom that happening now in that way. Um, so. Yeah. And like, that's, I, I really appreciate that the documentary did such a good job of like, focusing in on like this point in time like what what were people going through like what events had they just experienced what was likely going through their mind um to really help you get in the mindset of someone attending this concert and what it would mean to you like to see something like this after all the shit that you go through on a daily basis Whoa. all the shit hello uh, what do you hear is that? that thunder <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so we're getting we're getting heavy thunder on your end. We're getting the whispering winds of the willows on my end. Um, uh, it was supposed to rain today. I didn't know it was supposed to like thunderstorm. I'm hoping everyone at home enjoys this lovely weather ASMR. The ambiance um, on this episode <laughs> is to die for. Um, yeah, it's next level. Uh, but yeah, that's Summer of Soul. It was fantastic. I'm really, I'm really split. So why don't we get into our rec our picks now for the oscars so that we can be proven horribly wrong when the or, ceremony happens or proven horribly horribly correct <laughs> who knows with the gift they're of probably, prophecy <laughs> they're just gonna give it to green book again we all know oh somehow. my god green book specifically it's not even gonna be like the green book equivalent it's gonna be green book itself <laughs> they're like you know what it was so good we're gonna give it to it again um, but yeah, so starting with documentary, um, because I really am torn. I don't know what I would pick for best documentary. Feature? Just Are you talking about feature? Do best documentary feature. Um, it's very tough. I think I'm just completely torn 
between Summer of Soul and Flea. Um, they're both so different and so excellent and groundbreaking in their own way. Wow, they're both Hulu. Ooh, Hulu's <laughs> feasting on the documentary category this year. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that I would like one of those to win as well. Um, <clears throat> it's very hard for me to say which. They're very different. Um, they're trying different. They're trying to do different things. Like they don't have the same um, goal either of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's it's kind of hard to really compare them, which is what makes certain categories difficult because they are just like very different. <clears throat> they're operating in different. Like you know, they may both be different. They mo. They're both documentaries, but they're like basically different genres of documentary. Um, mm-hmm. So it is kind of tough. Um, <clears throat> Summer of Soul is just really cool. I think it's so cool that it exists. I think it's, you know, I don't know. I love it. If it won, I would be stoked, but I want Flea to win something. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sad <laughs> to imagine a world where Flea walks away with nothing, but it's a very real possibility. I think Summer of Soul might be a front runner. I, I could be wrong, but I feel like that, it that feels could, like it. It feels like it, it feels like that both, you know, just from it, it's, it's the one that I think was most discussed before it came out. Like people were like, Oh, Questlove is making a documentary right. about the summer of soul. Um, so I think that it's got the, the recognition. It, there's a good chance that that's what wins. I think that would be my prediction for what would win. Yes, I think that's probably right. I think you're probably correct. Well, so we talked about the shorts a lot. Let's let's give our picks for each of the short categories, okay. starting with documentary. Um, I, I guess I'm, I'm going to go with Audible on this one. I actually think Audible Just probably seen... is the front runner too. <clears throat> I don't know. It seems right. It feels like it could be. It feels like the most all-around excellent one. I feel like it's something that they would like. Like the Academy, the voters. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got, it's around like, you know, an important issue, but it's also got good coverage of its subjects and, you know, feels like a real story. Right. Feels all right. All right. Yeah. Let's go with that. Okay. All right. Short film animated. 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 I unfortunately think Robin Robin stands a pretty good chance. Um, okay. I don't, I don't like it, but I do think it stands a chance. Um, otherwise, I would like to see Affairs of the Art win. Um, Same. Yeah. It's kind um, of hard to say because I think Robin Robin is going to pull together all of the votes of people who like animated to be like light and kid friendly. So Right. Yeah. Um, that's true. And I think there is a not small contingency of people who vote that way about animated stuff. Um, so, you know, I, I, I can't see box ballet or bestia winning um and i can't i mean windshield wiper is pretty topical like it's relevant to our current society but i feel like the people who vote for this are not young enough to vote for windshield wiper sorry Mm. i don't think they get it um so well it um, could be it could be like you kids and your damn phones that's true but i don't think the movie was enough of that for it to make the old people like go for it like because i thought it wasn't it it wasn't like totally saying oh you're all bad it was just saying (laughs) 
<laughs> it wasn't critical enough of the ge- younger generation. Um, so I really feel they like needed it needed to does, lean into that. I feel like it necessarily comes down to Affairs of the Art of Robin Robin. I feel like Affairs of the Art has actually gotten buzz. So I want to say that's the front runner. But I feel like Robin Robin is a sort of thing these people, the people who vote, who've only seen one of them, they've seen Robin Robin. All right. Well, if you're going to say that, I'll, I'll I'll make things interesting by saying that I, I hope that Affairs of the Art wins, but I'm going to predict Windshield Wiper. Interesting. Because of the, the you kids and your damn phones contingent. The you kids and your damn phones contingent. I respect that. I just, again, I think there are a lot of people who vote who haven't seen anything other than Robin Robin. I really think that that's true. That's going to be the one thing they've seen because they watched it with yeah. the kids. Because it's like on that's Netflix fair. or whatever. That's fair, and and there's a there's a good chance that that happens. And if it does, we'll be we'll be crying about it in our post Oscars episode. Um, the Green Book of animated short film. Um, so, uh, live action shorts. Um, I'm the, at a bit of a yeah. disadvantage here because I've not seen Take and Run, which I take it to be one of the more popular front runners. Yeah, I actually do think it might win. Um, yeah, it's a good chance. Yeah. Um, we also didn't talk about On My Mind. Um, On My Mind which is weird, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of cute. It's about a guy like who really, he wants to sing Always On My Mind and karaoke and have it recorded on at a bar in like a Tuesday in the middle of the day. And the bar owner's like, fuck no. And like, he has to fight for it. And it turns out he's recording it to play for his wife who's on life support and being taken off right soon. Um, it's pretty touching. It's nice. Um, it's not too impactful, but um, yeah, just wanted to cover that one. Um, I can't, I mean, the, the, <laughs> the easy out for me would just be like, Oh yeah, it's going to be taken run sight unseen. Um, I can't do that. It's my fault. I haven't seen all of them up to this point. So of the four that I've seen, I'm going to say that Please Hold should be the winner. Uh, Please Hold would be my second pick. So like, I do think Take and Run might win, but I think Please Hold would be the the second best guess. Um, so I think you're probably in the right spot. Um, and there's a good chance Please Hold will win too, even though I'm I'm taking it as my second pick. I think Please Hold has a has a pretty strong chance. I think it's got a shot. You know, it's it's just different enough, but not too different. Right. And and it covers a you know a topical issue. So and and it's fun. Like I feel like it stands out. Right. And that it's kind of the fun one. It is. Yeah. Agreed. Um. Also, it has it has some kind of similar vibes to uh two distant strangers, which won last year. True. Yeah. But that might also way. be why it doesn't win. That's a good point. They might not want to might not want to reward those quirky vibes two years in a row. Well, but I just we'll like any yeah, they, they they sometimes do that. They intentionally don't nominate, you know, or don't let things that are kind of similar win. So That's true. That's true. All right. Um uh, let's see. I'm just going from the bottom up on the Oscars page now. Let's talk about original screenplay. <laughs> Oh my god, it's gonna be fucking licorice you know pizza. What? Um what? I think I know who it's gonna be. Who do you think it's gonna be? Um Do you think it's right, gonna be so, Don't Look Up? Do you think it's gonna be fucking Adam McKay? And I, David do. I do. I do. <clears throat> okay, so my pick, my personal pick would be Licorice Pizza. Um and to be fair, I there are two in this category I haven't seen. Um 
but my personal pick would be licorice pizza. My prediction is going to be don't look up. <laughs> that is heinous. That is so disgusting. <laughs> um, my personal pick is worst person in the world. <clears throat> um, and I don't think it stands a zero chance. Um, <clears throat> I've wow, heard some buzz I really about wish that. my throat would get it together. <clears throat> You're not going to fix it by yelling through it. <laughs> wow, I can't handle a little fucking nasal drip running down my throat. <laughs> get over it. Grow up. Um, okay, so I personally think worst person in the world probably should win and it might win. Um, but I kind of think licorice pizza is the most likely to to take the prize. Even though I has, don't think the screenplay is the best thing about that movie. Like it's good, but I don't know. Not necessarily. Yeah. The I think the acting and the direction are the the best parts of yeah. it. Yeah. Um and just like the overall visual look is really fun too. But um the waterbeds. Well the waterbeds. <laughs> the what if there was an award for best waterbed, uh, uh Lakers yeah, Pizza would, would win it. Win yeah. Um, I, that does feel like the sort of thing that might win, you know, it's a, it's an American auteurist director, um, who probably won't get the best picture award, but they'll toss him a best screenplay. Consolation like prize, like yeah. Yeah. it's the Tarantino award. Yeah. Um, okay. Best adapted screenplay. Let me find that. I have to, sorry. I have to, you're looking at the thing. I have to fill. So the nominees are, um, okay. I have, uh, um, yeah, oh. Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, Lost Daughter, and Power of the Dog. This is really hard. Okay, this is really hard. I think Drive My Car is walking away with something. Right. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, even though I haven't seen it, that the something is adapted screenplay. Um, Because I think yeah. they want to give it an award. So I will say that. Having seen it, it feels like a strong adapted screenplay winner right it's got that is my understanding that the dialogue is quite good um dialogue is great it's got it's very dialogue oriented um there's a lot of great scenes that hinge heavily on dialogue um drive my car has generated so much buzz like people have been talking about driving my car i feel like it has to win something um it would be it would also be sad if it didn't just because people seem to really like it um um so I do think it stands a pretty strong chance here, but if not, I don't know. Cause I feel like the power of the dog is going to get something bigger, I think. So I think my back, my other one other than drive my car would be the lost daughter to give Maggie Gyllenhaal an award. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. The, it was, that was a good adapted screenplay as well. Um, yeah. I think, I think I'm going to make drive my car both, my personal pick and my prediction okay um with power of the dog as like a a runner-up here power of the dog is very good and i don't think it stands a non-zero chance i just i think that the academy is a little more cognizant of spreading the awards love out like you don't get sweeps the same way that once upon a time could happen so i feel like yeah it's been so long since that really ever happened i think they're gonna like i think they intentionally try to like sort of like distribute the votes or the, the awards around. So I feel like there's going to be more yeah. thought to it. So I feel like power of the dog is going to win some slightly bigger awards and adapted screenplay is going to go to something else. Um, mm-hmm. um, and, the, and the screenplays are like, have always been there. Those awards have always been the ones they go to for 
movies that they thought were like good runner-ups for other big awards but didn't want to give them to them. <laughs> yeah yeah it's very common um, it's a familiar <laughs> pattern we've seen it many many times um, so you know i think that's gonna happen this year and so that's why i think drive my car is probably the most likely uh contender here but i do think the lost daughter is not a non-contender um, i think coda and dune are pretty much not happening so mm-hmm. yeah Speaking of Dune, though, I am I'm going to predict Dune for best visual effects. Um, Do you? Yeah, that's that's my personal pick, and um, I know that there's there's probably a good chance that they nominate that they vote for Spider Man just to just give to it toss something the, that that world an award. Yeah, but uh, I like even that being said, I still think that. Um, my personal opinions aside that Dune is still the more impressive visual effects movie and stands a good chance of actually winning the award. I think Dune should win. I think Dune is a very likely win, but I think Spider-Man is a pretty much equally likely win. It's pretty much 50, 50 in my world, in my view. Um, That makes sense. I think free guy, no time to die and Shang-Chi have no chance. Yeah. Especially, Shang-Chi competing against another Marvel movie. Yeah. Uh, Shang-Chi's visual effects, though, are very good. They are, yeah. Um, I'm just thinking about in terms of the Academy's voting habits. Yeah. Of the of the three, yeah, of the three on here that are not Dune or Spider-Man, I think actually, I think I would say that the effects in Shang-Chi are even more impressive than the ones in Spider-Man. Well, they're more but, fantastical. They're um Yeah. You get like the dragons and stuff right. and like the stuff that they do with the, the rings themselves is really cool. Yeah. Um, a very neat effect and that le- lends itself to a cool fighting style. I right. love that. You know, the visual effects actually impact the action in a cool way. Um, so, yeah, I would I would pull for that one ahead of Spider-Man. But um, I do think that it's probably going to be either Dune or Spider-Man. Yes. I think that's what it's coming down to, and I would like it to be Dune, because I think I want to, I want Dune to win something, and I don't think it's going to win many of the bigger awards. So, okay, best sound. Um, we have Belfast, Dune, No Time to Die, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Okay, personally, this... I think West Side Story should probably. I... Yeah, I th- I mean, I'm going to pull for West Side Story on just about everything. I'm um, not sure that it will win. I'm just Sound it especially it. was good in this. Um, uh, I feel like I, they might hard. go with Belfast just because they need to give Belfast. They want to give Belfast something and Belfast. Yeah, did yeah. Belfast. Yeah. OK, Belfast had the most. Obvious playing with sound of a lot. Of You're them. right. Um, that does feel like a classic oscars sound winner you know you've got like combat style soundscapes right um which you know they were good like they they, there was a very good use of sound in this uh it does feel like the kind of film that the academy likes to award uh power of the dog also a strong contender here um i've talked previously about the use of sound in power of the dog uh most of it's in terms of the music but just the the soundscapes that are built in Tower of the Dog do so much to create this sparse kind of creepy environment that the whole yeah. thing takes place in. Right. Um so yeah, you know I'm what's gonna not say here? Spencer. 
Spencer should be on their best sound. Um, there was great sound in Spencer. Oh my god, I, I I keep going back to that like the dining scene yeah. with like the music and everything, mm-hmm. and then how it kept like honing in on her mindset. So good. Uh, so good. Great use of sound. So yeah, that should have gotten a nomination. I don't like. I I'm sure No Time to Die had fine sound. You know, most action movies do. I just didn't think it was really that impactful there's a scene i and i swear when i was watching it because i watched it recently i thought the only there's a there's a scene where he like there's like a he there's like an explosion he gets knocked and his sound gets briefly like like you know knocked out and he's Mm -hmm. hearing that whistling i swear to god my thought watching that scene i was like this is why i got fucking nominated for best sound (laughs) so they just they did that thing they did the shell shock thing. they love when they do that shit they love it (laughs) the fucking academy loves that shit i'm like it's the easiest sound design thing to do I mean, I don't, sorry, no offense to sound designers who listen to our podcast. Um, it might not be easy, but it's like the most obvious thing to do, I will say. Right. I mean, it's a cool thing, but it we've is, seen yes. it a dozen times. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, I, so I don't trust that the Academy is going to give us any good montages this year of what the actual sound moments in these movies are. Um, I really wish they would, but it seems like they're moving more and more away from using clips. But uh, I'm sure it's got its moments. But um, the one yeah, it does. That, it's a James Bond movie. They always have their like technical moments. That's fine. But like, it's not the one that really sticks in my mind. I do. I think I'm gonna go the same as yours on this one. Uh, West Side Story, personal Belfast Academy pick. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, moving on to production design. We've got Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy Macbeth, and West Side Story. All right, this is tough. This is tough because a lot of them um, are... First of all, I haven't seen this, one of them. I have not seen one of them. Yeah, you um, still haven't seen Nightmare Alley. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say... Well, I and I haven't seen Tragedy Macbeth, and I understand that the production design in that is very good. Um, but sight unseen, I cannot in good conscience make that one of my picks. Um you know, this this is <laughs> our picks are so much shaped by where we are right now in this yes. uh, Oscar season. I'm going to I'm going to say I think West Side Story has a good shot at production design, um, and it would be well deserved. My personal favorite though is Nightmare Alley, um, and that just goes down to <laughs> I don't think that it actually stands any chance of winning. That just goes down to my personal vibes. I love the spooky. You love a spooky it, carnival vibe. <laughs> It's it's right up my nightmare alley. Oh my god, I made that joke literally this morning. <laughs> and uh yeah, it it does that in spades. Also like having just read the book for that, oh, I nice. loved yeah. seeing how they like brought all that to life on Somebody the Somebody just Naruto and... ran downstairs across the circle. <laughs> god. <laughs> The um, energy of Brooklyn is crackling today. Uh, it's also like raining right now. So like they were like Naruto <laughs> running through the rain. <laughs> oh my god. Um, um. So okay. So I personally am picking Tragedy of Macbeth. Um. I love that movie, and I I would love to see it win because I also think it was just like such an interesting production design. It was, it was using production design like very intentionally, and I really liked that. Um. However, I don't think it's gonna win. Um. I will say, yeah, I think probably West Side Story is my my probable pick. I mean, the production design on that is so good. It's so good. 
Um, yeah. So top notch. And every the, the two things are so like my my personal and my my probable picks are very very different. Like Tragedy Macbeth is like a very sparse production design, right? Um, and I really liked that. I thought it really worked. Um, I liked it for the Macbeth story specifically. Um, so I don't know. I really really liked it, but I think West Side Story is more likely, and I it's much more like cluttered and full. Like it's a it's a different. Oh yeah, every every set in that movie feels both like real, but also like carefully up to eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every little element of it is just perfectly curated. Yeah. Um, just yeah, definitely feels like it could walk away with the award. All right. Um, well, we don't want to do best picture yet. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> best original song. Um, oh, wait, hold on. Oh God. Um, I haven't like actually listened to all of these songs outside of the movie. I will say, um, only a right. Few of that's them. true. And I still, I have not heard the song in King Richard yet. So that's I'm picking out of four. Okay, here. the King Richard song is actually pretty good, and I do think it's Beyonce, right? Yeah. Um, so Beyonce. it stands a pretty good chance. Just like that's true because it's Beyonce. I will say Encanto stands a good chance. Um, just because yeah. it's Encanto. It's Encanto and it's Lin Manuel Miranda. I will also say, Billie Eilish doing the Bond song stands a good chance because Billie Eilish apparently wins every fucking award she's up for in Music Land. She does. So. Bond songs usually, you know, they have a pretty good track record in the Oscars. I think. Um, and I like that as a Bond song. I liked her her Bond song. My personal pick for this one is "Down to Joy" by Van Morrison. Um, love Van Morrison. I. I thought that this it was great in the movie. I liked that it led into the movie rather than closing out the credits. I did like that. That was interesting. Um, very, that, uh, very different. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice contrast to where we usually find these original songs, and it did a good job of setting the like overall vibe of the movie before it started. Um, in terms of what the Academy will pick, ooh, that is tough. I liked somehow you do. I don't think that it's going Who to win. Who sings that? Who is Williams. that? Was that Reba McIntyre? Oh my god, it is Reba. <laughs> I don't think I even listened to the credit song in that movie. I'm sorry. I did not. <laughs> That's the one thing it was nominated for. <laughs> I didn't like that movie very much. As soon as it ended, I turned it off. Um, it was not very good. The only thing worth watching that movie for is the moment where Glenn Close yells at the nurse, no shit, Sherlock. Oh, yeah, that was so good. <laughs> um, I um, thought that movie, as somebody who has a lot of family with um, the same basic drug addictions as that are depicted in this movie, I did not like mm -hmm. I just didn't think it did a very good job of exploring that. Um, so, yeah. but um, So I did not stick around for that song, so actually I don't know it. So I'm sort of <laughs> I watched the movie, but not the song. Um, That's the one thing it was nominated for. There man. are like <laughs> six pigeons staring at me on the railing outside my apartment right now. Uh -oh. I do think I'm you're, about you're to be murdered by some pigeons. Stepping in, <laughs> stepping into a Pixar movie. Robin, Robin. Um, uh, <laughs> um, so um, I personally think they might pick Beyonce just because it's Beyonce. Um, and it also is a pretty good song. Um, I, I was enjoying it when it was playing. I like actually let the credits roll because I was like, yeah, I'm into this. Um, um, yeah, I mean, Sight Unheard, I will say that. I like yeah, that. that. Sight Unheard. <laughs> Sight Unheard. 
uh, a Beyonce song seems like it would have a good chance of winning. Since I have not heard it, I cannot pick it. Those are the rules I've set out for myself. So I'm going to say that the Academy will pick Dos Oreguidas from Encanto. I think it depends on if Encanto wins Best Animated. It might. But do you, do you think that it has more chance if it wins or less? I just feel like they're divvying up awards. Um, okay. But I also think if we were – if the song were we don't – uh, we don't talk about Bruno. It would win easy. Yeah, that that is a strange element of this year's uh, race is that it's not up against the most popular song from the film. It is, Dos Orguitas is, I'm sorry, one of the more forgettable songs from the movie. Like, I don't, I haven't thought about that song much since the movie, other than knowing that it's the one that's nominated. So, yeah, Very aren't strange. they even like performing? We don't talk about Bruno. Wasn't there like yeah? They're performing <laughs> they, that at the at the ceremony. They're not performing the song that's up for the award. So that's why I think that they might not win because it's not the song that like anybody's talking about. Right. We don't talk about Dorsoraguitas. <laughs> we don't talk about Dorsoraguitas. Um, um, we don't talk about Bruno. Is such a good song. I'm sad it's not nominated because actually, if it were nominated, it would be my personal pick and my probable pick. It's a very good song. But it is it's true. It is not. It's the only one that people are actually talking about outside the movie. This so is why people talk about the Academy being work. out of touch. This is why. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I mean, if you wanna if you wanna get more people in, it's not that hard. Nominate the song that people are actually talking about. A movie song went number from... one on the bill a movie song from an animated kids movie went number one on the Billboard Hot One Hundred. How is it's that not, not even, nominated for best original song at the Oscars? Like it's not even a stretch. You don't even have to invite Tony Hawk to the <laughs> Oscars. You just have to nominate the most popular song from one of the most popular movies. That's actually a good song. God, like, so bizarre. How bizarre. How bizarre. It's very strange. And like, I, I'm still not convinced whether this was like a whole publicity stunt or not, but like they, they didn't, originally invite rachel zegler to the oscars oh my god i know that's despite being the star of one of the best picture nominees and like an up-and-coming young actress who has a she's huge social snow media white. following who's white. going to be in snow white next next time around uh i don't know i mean like i said i'm not entirely convinced that they didn't do this on purpose to drum up some controversy but if if it's not that then like wow that's stupid <laughs> She is invited now. She's going to be presenting, but like, I love her. Come on. I hope she, I hope she makes a shout out to her Twitter followers. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, she's so great. First ever like Latina. Um, what, what's her name? Maria. They're yeah. not on this podcast. <laughs> well, that's my input. They, I'm sure they invited Natalie Wood when she played a Latina person. Oh, I'm sure okay. they invited Natalie Wood. It's just like, <laughs> wow, they were like patting themselves on the back for actually casting a Latina and then supposedly forgot to invite her to the Oscars. Yeah. So like, if it is some kind of a like publicity thing, I don't think it's a strategic one. Okay. No. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. Best original score. Um, oh, hold on, hold on. Let me filter. Sorry, I got distracted by a text from a number I don't recognize. Um, who called me sexy and I was like hmm, that's interesting um, 
Um, um, curious. <laughs> curious how I don't know who you are. Um, okay, so, <laughs> okay, the parallel mother score actually is really good and weird. Um, so I gotta say, parallel mothers might be my personal pick here. Um, All right. Um, I'm yet again at a disadvantage, having not seen it. Yeah. Um, Power um, of the Dog, though, is my 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 other... Power of the Dog is like a problem pick and also kind of a personal pick. It's very tough. Right. I think I liked both of those scores so much. I loved the Power of the Dog score and the Parallel Mother score. So That is going to be the dual pick for me because um, of the four I've seen, I really like the score for Power of the Dog. Yeah. And also, I it, you know, it just feels like the kind of thing that would get the win. It does. Johnny Parallel Green Mother score is like Academy dramatic. It's like very... I'm interested in your thoughts when you see it. It's like very noticeable. It's not like one of those movies where the score is like incidental. Like, you know, a lot of movies, it sort of is. Yeah. It's like, it's very, Like, very, uh, don't look up. Yeah. Don't, I, who paid attention to the score there? Um, even Dune. I mean, Dune had a score, but it was like, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't think about that as the top of my mind after the movie. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it is a good score. it's, it is a, it's what you expect. Yeah. It's good, but you know, it's not quite it's, as droney as Hans Zimmer usually is, but, um, you know what's missing? I'm gonna say it again, Spencer. Um, oh yeah, the music was so good in Spencer. Uh, Spencer, Spencer got un, uh, got even though it got a nomination, it was mostly snubbed this year. It was um, unfortunate. I I did enjoy that movie. Um, makeup and hairstyling. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> um. So I actually um, think Tammy Faye is probably in the in the running. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good chance. I think I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna split my vote here. I'm gonna say that the Academy will pick the eyes of Tammy Faye, mm-hmm. but that the award should go to Cruella. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I expected. <laughs> I, you know what? The, as batshit insane as that movie was. Makeup and hairstyling was on point. It was. Costuming was on Wait, point. Wait, this isn't costuming. That's a separate award. Don't. No, I know. I, I'm saying both of them, both both categories. Uh, this is a preview of things to come. Um, but yes, the makeup and hairstyling was incredible. It was. It had a very central place in the movie with all of Cruella's insane styles. Yes. Um, and it was one of the more memorable parts of the movie. When I think about Cruella, I think about her crazy hair. And just all the different weird looks she had. And like several of the other characters had interesting looks too. Yes. So yeah, that's my pick. So I think, I think I, I think I'm picking the same thing. Eyes, they're going to pick eyes of Tammy Faye because of what they did to uh, uh, Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield. I mean, look, <laughs> look what they did to my boy. The um, makeup is crazy in that movie. So I think that it's, it's good in a way, but it's also like, it doesn't look realistic. <laughs> It just looks really goofy. Have you? Uh, I'm sorry. Have you seen real pictures of Tammy Faye? I like. Yes, I've she seen some. Not, she, she doesn't look realistic at the time <laughs> when she was in full makeup. But, but like, what was weird is that like both her and Andrew Garfield. Yeah, Andrew like Garfield that. looked fucking and, weird. <laughs> he even when he was just supposed to be a young guy. Like I understand when they aged him up with the old man makeup. Like that's gonna look a little goofy. But even as a young guy, he yeah. looked pretty weird what, whatever they did to andrew garfield was upsetting yeah i agree um <laughs> um yeah i was like wow that's like the hottest actor working and you did that to him 
It was strange, but like the thing is, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's bad. Like it's strange looking, but in another sense, it kind of fits the vibe of the movie. I don't know. Like Eyes of Tammy Faye has like the strangest vibe that it's very hard to put a finger on. It's very weird. That movie was very strange. I was like enraptured by that movie though. So, um, yeah, exactly. It's its own thing. So, and it fits the movie. You know, so I, I, I'd say it's not bad. It's, it's got a, it's got a chance. But I do think Cruella might be my personal pick. I was just having so much fun watching, watching the visuals of that movie and the makeup and hairstyling were a big part of it. The bigger part was costuming as you've referenced, but, um, Mm -hmm. I loved, I loved that part. Um, um, yeah, I don't think any of the other three stand a chance. So I don't think, um, I really think it does come down to those two. (laughs) Well, you know what? House of Gucci. (laughs) House of Gucci could be a sleeper pick Just here. Um, oh, <laughs> The makeup was insane for Paolo. Um, just you it, know they, what? Imagine if they give it to House of Gucci and they do show clips and the only clips are a fucking Jared Leto <laughs> performance. They just show a whole montage of him in that movie. I would probably lose my shit. I have a bottle of champagne. I would chug it. I would just chug the whole thing. <laughs> Just like shake it up and like spritz it in your face, oh God, like you're. I haven't done like a, a locker room celebration. Yeah, I haven't done that in so long. I should do that. Um. All right. Um. Moving on to the category that I'm probably most handicapped in, oh. uh, international feature film. I'm just now realizing I've only seen two movies in this category. There's only one I'm missing. Um. So I think. I think. Worst person in the world is the most likely pick and also possibly my personal pick. I gotta say, I think mm-hmm. it seems, it seems like the buzz lately has been towards the worst person in the world for this, for this category. Um, I also think the worst person in the world is an exceedingly overwhelmingly, almost upsettingly relatable film experience. Um, mm-hmm. So I really liked it. I do think, all that said, with the stipulation that drive my car, this could be where they choose to, to award drive my car. Like, <laughs> it's all very difficult. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, I haven't seen drive my car, so I can't pick it. So, um, I've only seen flee and drive my car. Uh, interesting how that works out. And as such, um, I'm going to I'm going to put drive my car for my prediction and flee for my personal choice. Okay. I want flee to win something, and um, I feel like out of the three categories it's nominated for, this might be its best chance. It might be. I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Like it might have more of an edge in documentary, but again, I think Summer of Soul is going to be a heavy favorite there. Yeah. So who knows? But yeah, that's where I'm at. Nice. <laughs> My picks can't be that interesting here. Um, film editing. We have uh, Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, Power of the Dog, Tick, Tick, Boom. Okay, I got to say some of these are like, like Power of the Dog and King Richard are like pretty straightforward editing. Even Dune, mm-hmm. pretty straightforward editing. Are we, are we really like, what's the point? Um, don't Look Up is annoying editing so okay (laughs) um so that leaves me with tick tick boom that's my personal pick i don't think it's gonna win it though um and i also think there's a a a, something to be said for tick tick boom's editing which i think is actually like 
editing used. Like it's like an actual, like they were doing something with the editing a lot of the time. Uh-huh. Um, movie. I mean, I'm sorry. A movie like power of the dog. It's just like standard editing. Like it's not, I don't really know why it needs to be nominated for best film editing. Sometimes we need to nominate things for anyway. Uh, same with King Richard. It's a typical sports like biopic. Like what are we doing? What are we doing? Um, <laughs> um, although I liked King Richard, I liked it more than some people liked it. Um, and Dune has editing. Dune has editing. Um, <laughs> it does have that. Yeah. But it's yeah. again, it's not like doing anything interesting with the editing. That's not the selling point of Dune. I don't know why we can't nominate movies who's like, who are like using the thing they're nominated for to some effect, like more often, like don't look up. I will say at least Adam McKay's movies, they use editing in a certain way. There is a a purpose to the editing in all of his movies. And the same is true of don't look up. I don't like something nice. (laughs) Say something nice about Adam McKay. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't necessarily enjoy the way he does it all the time. But, like, he is at least doing it, right? Like, I mean, it's Hank Corwin. He's the real. But, like, you know, like, at Adam McKay's direction. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I, I appreciate that. And I think he belongs in this category if you're going to, you know, if we're thinking about the ways that just people use film editing. Um, I don't understand why we nominate movies that are just doing, the, like, the standard film editing of just, like, moving through a movie and i mean i know that even standard film editing takes work and and effort um i totally respect that um but you know there's something to be said for movies that use it a certain way yeah it's i feel like editing is one of the more hard ones to predict because because the the academy very often does not necessarily award the most unusual or groundbreaking editing it very often goes with the more workmanlike competent like well well like well edited but not necessarily impressively edited right like i'm thinking like power the dog dune and king richard are all well edited but they're not like like i didn't walk away thinking like oh the way that was edited had a big impact on how you know on like my my interpretation of the film tick tick boom i walked away like the editing was a clear obvious part of that movie um yeah. So Tick Boom is like it's electric, you know, it's right. it's got really nice ways of flowing around between different shots that makes it feel alive, that fits the musical format. Mm-hmm. Um it's really good. That would be my personal pick as well for those reasons and also because like we got to give Tick Tick Boom something. I think that it, you know, it would be a shame to see it walk away empty-handed. There's a good chance it will. Um and I will say for the Academy pick, I think Dune, just because that, you know, that seems most in line with the kind of stuff that they might award. Think so? Okay. They like, you know, they like action. They like um, for editing, yeah. Stuff, yeah, stuff with big like epic battle scenes Although, that, are, uh, that come uh, together Bohemian in the edit. Um, that's true. Yeah. See, that's why I'm saying it's it's a hard category to predict because. Like that, that was totally out of left field. That one scene, that one scene that went around the fucking film, <laughs> seared into Who my knows, memory man. for the rest Who of knows. my life. Um, All right, uh, best costume design. Okay, so uh, I actually though I think West Side Story probably should win, and I think it stands a pretty good chance. Um. 
The costume You're design right. in West Side Story was incredible. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, they they did great things with with color in the costuming. Uh, great things to show show the contrast between the Jets and the Sharks. Um, very nice period costumes. Um, yeah, I I like it. It was colorful. It was exciting. And uh, yeah, yeah. I think that I think that that's at least my academy pick. I'm I'm torn. I'm really torn. I gotta say, I did not think we'd be at this place in March. I am very torn as my personal pick, whether it's West Side Story or Cruella. Whoa, <laughs> Cruella, Cruella. They like. I mean, say what you will about the rest of the film. The costumes were very impressive. They were. They were a huge part of the film, um, for obvious reasons. Were they necessarily best costume design? I don't know. It's tough to say. But you know what? I, I If I got to pick something, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm pulling for the underdog here. I'm going to say Cruella. I cannot believe we just called a Personal Disney movie pick. the underdog. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like it's like it's like rooting for eight seed North Carolina. It is exactly like, oh, like rooting for the scrappy upstarts. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Cruella's costumes were very good, though. I actually think, with the exception being that I haven't seen Nightmare Alley, these this is a pretty strong costuming category. Um, yeah, the Nightmare Alley ones were like all right. I don't think I can't think of any like exceptional costumes okay. in that movie. But like Cruella, Cyrano, Dune, and West Side Story were all pretty good. Um, Cyrano was great. Um, and I wish that it got some nominations for its music as well as for the costume design. I really enjoyed that movie quite a bit. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer Cyrano didn't get more. You would think it would have gotten like sound or score. I don't know if it had an original song, so it probably couldn't get that. Um because it's based on another musical that already existed, right? Like, yeah, right. Um, and I don't know if they wrote a new song for this movie or not. Usually musicals do, but um, mm-hmm. doesn't mean they did. Uh, all right, moving along. So we're getting bogged down here. Um, best cinematography. Um, oh, Power of the Dog, come on. I think I think you're right. Yeah. I think that... The Academy mm. loves when you have shots of like fucking mountains, like they're just like, hell yeah, give me that. Um, yeah. And the, the shots of the mountains were very, uh, very important mm-hmm. to this movie thematically and spe- particularly the lighting on those shots. Right. Um, yeah, you're right. Um, mm, 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 mm. Yeah. I think, I think that might be both picks for me. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, everything else in that category is great. Having not seen Tragedy Macbeth, but I've seen some shots from it. It looks great. Um, yes. Loved the cinematography in Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. But yeah, Power of the Dog, visually, really, really good. Um, yeah, it just seems like pretty obvious. That might be the win. Be the okay. Animated feature film. Um, this is a This is a very tough category for me. Um, there's all but all but one of these I think if they won I'd be happy with it um, just for starters I think the Academy will pick Encanto yes. I think that that feels like the most obvious Encanto, pick. Encanto did capture a cultural zeitgeist yeah. in quite frankly a way that a lot of the best picture nominees did not um, 
Right. So I feel like Encanto. Encanto like, would have been a good Best Picture nominee. Sorry, yeah, Academy. It, it could it could do that. When I was mean, the last pop- animated Best Picture? Was it Up? Was Up the last one, or was it Wally? Was which one got that? It was Up, right? Uh, I I I can't remember. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, put myself out on this one. One of those I can't two got a Best Picture one. Picture nominee. Yeah, you're right. Um. But yeah, they they don't they do occasionally award one like they never win, but uh, they do occasionally get a nomination. Encanto would have been a good pick. Yeah. Um, I'm very torn. Uh, like I said, I really want Flea to win something. Me too. In terms of my personal pick, it's between Flea and Mitchells and the Machines. Um, and I gotta go with Flea. For my personal pick, just like it's the more impactful movie. It's beautiful. Mitchell's has great animation. It's very funny. It's a great, you know, fun movie. And it's got it's got important themes too. It's about family and togetherness. Um, but man, Flea just like not like knocked me out of the park. <laughs> that one, uh that's a that's a heavy hitter. And it's not that often that you see that in an animated film, at least not that one that's nominated for best feature so flea is probably my personal pick too um but it's an extremely close personal pick i will say <clears throat> oh my god um um first of all like three of these have like the same animation style um like and the fourth has pretty similar flea is the only one that is markedly different from the other the other movies in animation style which is mm-hmm. one thing that it was just like good for flea. That's worth noting. Um, yeah. That, that like the hand drawn style. Right. Um, is, uh, it's becoming a rarity. I mean, Mitchell's versus the machines looks a little bit different than Raya, Luca and Encanto, but it is still a similar animation style to them. Um, but Encanto, Luca and Raya and the last dragon are very, very similar in terms of animation style. Um, yeah. there's a reason for that. Um, but like it is the truth. Um, so Flea is probably my personal pick, but it's hard because like the others, like Mitchell's versus the machines I want to root for because it's like a non Disney kids animated movie. Like I love that. Um, mm-hmm. it also has some like queer in it for kids, which is nice. Um, yeah. Um, and Canto I want to root for because it's in Canto. It's great. Um, Luca, I thought it was beautiful. Um, just like to look at also, it made me want to mm-hmm. go like live in like a seaside town in Italy. Like, absolutely you know um ryan the last dragon was kind of mediocre um but you know the other four i'm kind of torn between all of them um um so it's kind of tough but i think the academy is going with encanto no matter what i think so yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's not it's not going to be anything we want apparently uh but well, but i'm not going to be mad encanto. about encanto 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 is not undeserving uh encanto was very very the thing is, this is kind of hard because, I mean, it's like how we feel about Best Picture. Like, you, animated feature is, like, such a broad, like, there are so many different types of animated movies. And Canto versus Flea is an extremely difficult thing to judge. They are not at all the I same movie. Yeah. They're not trying to do the same thing. Like I don't think Flea really stands any chance, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, it's just not. There's too many other heavy hitters around here. You're not going to upset the Disney machine. The only way Flea stands a chance is if the Disney vote is splintered. Gets split. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. That, that's the only chance. All right. 
we gotta we gotta get through these acting and directing awards because I gotta go watch movies. six movies. Yeah. Um, so let, let's just rattle them off real quick. Uh, actress in a supporting role. Okay, hold on. I think um, it's gotta be Ariana Debose both ways. Yes. Um, and this is this right. one. I'm fairly confident will be the Academy's pick. Yeah, um, I think that, I think that she's, it seems that that's been the the, the vibe. She's already won some of the other major awards, um, and like I mean, she just killed it. So she's so fucking good. Great supporting yeah. role. Yeah. All right, actress in a leading role. Oh, we're oh, uh, I was gonna, oh hold on, hold on. I went to best right. supporting actor instead. Um, uh, okay. okay, I'm just act- going up direct. Actress in a leading role. I feel like Jessica Chastain is the the front runner. Um, Jessica Chastain is is the likely. Um, Academy However, pick. personal pick is Kristen Stewart. Um, um, I'm going to agree with you on that, oh. too. Um, I, I, I'm torn between her and Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter. Um, but Olivia Coleman did just win recently. Yeah, that's why she's uh, not my personal pick. <laughs> seeing, seeing Kristen Stewart win an Oscar would be great. Yeah. And she was incredible in Spencer. Yeah. She, at, like, I mean, she obviously carried that movie. So did Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter. But I just, I feel like I really, like, Kristen Stewart and Spencer was more memorable yeah, to me. I loved her in that movie. Um, I would love to see her win. Actor in a supporting role. Um, do, 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 do. I honestly don't know who I expect to win here. Yeah. I mean, like, I think. Hmm. My, well, my personal pick to start would be Cody Smith McPhee yes, from Power of the Dog. Absolutely. He was great. He had, you know, perfect, like, supporting role style thing. Just, you know, had his own vibe. He carried the scenes he was in um, and, you know, played well against Benedict Cumberbatch, which is, you know, hard to do. A lot to ask, yeah. Yeah. Um, God, in terms of what the Academy will pick, like, I just, like, it's hard to to pick one here. I don't even, I don't even know which one Troy Kotzer from Coda is. He's the dad. He's the dad. He's the dad. Okay. He was good. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he'll get the win. Uh, I don't know. It's just there's not really a standout here in terms of what I think the Academy might go for. Um, I think I'll, I'll just double down on Cody Smith McPhee. I just hope you know, it's not I, J.K. Simmons. That's my only, my I have only at request. Least... I don't want it to be J.K. Simmons. Yeah, I, I like J.K. Simmons. I, Me too. Like, I just... He was not particularly memorable in being the Ricardos. He acted as... like the, the the grouchy neighbor in a typical like CBS yeah. sitcom. Like I don't really well, know yeah. what we're that doing. was. That was his role. Yeah. And the last time we discussed this movie, we couldn't even remember which character he was. I know in the movie, which is not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, he he played the actor who played Fred Mertz, um, and you know did a pretty good job of it, and but not particularly memorable. Anyway, yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna double down on Cody Smith McPhee. Yeah. I've heard at least a little buzz about him, so who knows? I'd like to see him win. I'd like to. I think there is a chance the Academy goes for Troy Kotzer, even though we just said, you know, he was fine, but whatever. Just because Coda seems to be gaining steam, so. That is true. All right. Actor in a leading role. Um, My understanding so, is that the the favor is towards Will Smith right now. Um Yeah. I have not seen that, so I can't pick it. He's good, um, but I would absolutely not my personal pick. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Look, Javier Bardem is also not my personal pick, but any three, any of Benedict, Andrew, or Denzel, any of them, I would be happy with. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're all very, very good. I'm going to say, of the three that I've seen in here, I think the Academy will pick Benedict Cumberbatch for Power of the Dog. My personal pick would be Andrew Garfield for Take, Take, Boom. Uh, he's just, he's absolutely lovable in that. Yes. I've, I've been... Uh, like Andrew Garfield is having a, a little mini renaissance right now. Yeah, isn't it weird? I'm, yeah. I'm loving seeing what he's been doing the past couple of years. Um, and, you know, I mean, he just, he kills the whole performance aspect too. He's singing, the dancing, everything. He's so he's good. Awesome. I mean, movie. it's bringing back my, my, my old social network fandom. So, um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would love to see him win. I think that it's less likely than like Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, you know, but again, I think Will Smith, it, my understanding is that the favor has been coalescing around him. So, um. all right. Best directing. Um, my personal choice for this one will be uh, Paul Thomas Anderson for Liquor's Pizza. Okay. And I think the Academy. Hmm. I think the Academy might pick Jane Campion for Power of the Dog. So I think the Academy is going to pick Jane Campion for Power of the Dog. I think my personal pick, having not seen one of them, is West Side Story, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, that's a good pick too. I I think for me, uh, Licorice Pizza, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story, like there, some order of those is my top three for this category. Um, Great directing all around. I I like the direction in Drive My Car. I haven't seen it, so but, I can't pick it. So I can't. Um, <laughs> um but it, it like it, that wasn't like the most standout element of uh, the movie. Uh, Belfast was was fine. Yeah, you know, I, I liked it. It wasn't. I think that's that's my reaction also to Belfast in this as category a, as a whole. Is just Belfast was fine. So, um, yeah. All right, and now the big one, best picture. All right. We've got we've got Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Liquor's Pizza, Nightmare <clears throat> Alley, Howard the Dog, and West Side Story. This is the big one. This is for all the marbles. Um, now I have boy. not seen two of them. Um, let me see what what have I not seen? I have not seen King Richard. Uh, oh, that's the only one. Yeah. Okay, great. So I, I can make a pretty informed decision here. Luckily, the two I haven't seen <clears throat> are ones I don't think are going to win. Drive My Car and Nightmare Alley, I don't think they're Best Picture winners. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset to see either one win, but I, do, I don't think that they stand much of a chance. Right. Um, this so I'm I'm just gonna start with my personal pick. Uh, God, which one of these? So just to narrow it down, I think my personal pick would have to be between West Side Story, Licorice Pizza, and Drive My Car. Okay. And <clears throat> although I've gotta I've gotta give it to West Side Story. I nice. mean, uh. We've talked about it so many times on the podcast, and I keep coming back to it. I was just blown away by that movie. We loved it. We loved and West Side I, Story. I, I didn't expect to be. Maybe I should have expected to be, 
but I didn't like, I was just like, Oh, it's a remake of West side story. What's the big deal? Uh, it just absolutely blew me away. Uh, in ter- when I think about like, what's the best picture of that year, West side story is always going to come to mind. So yeah. yeah, my personal pick that's West side story. And it's funny cause there was an era in which I think West side story would be a no brainer. Um, it would have yeah. been, the, you know, yeah. and if West side story had had like a huge box office, win i think it would have been the winner no doubt um unfortunately did not i think my personal pick comes down to right now not having not seen drive my car nightmare alley dune and west side story um with an honorable mention to power the dog which i did really like um it probably goes to west side story too um I loved it. It's definitely the one out of all of these I'm going to watch the most again. Like, I'm going to rewatch that many times. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which has to count for something. However, I think the Academy is going to pick Coda. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that that's where we're at. Um, that's what I've been led to believe by the internet. That is what the internet is saying. I hope I'm wrong. I hope there's like a, a, like a Spielberg renaissance surge you know um he's he's not an unheard of filmmaker there will be spielberg fans out there in the academy um god yeah like i just i don't know the the whole coda push is very strange for me um i i definitely acknowledge that that is an option and that that has been getting buzz i'm just going to pick off of my conventional wisdom based on what the Academy usually likes. Uh, uh, I'm going to say Power of the Dog. Okay. For best picture. Um, with with a possible backup, that if this happens, I called it first, that Don't Look Up might win best picture. I would die. I would hate it so much. <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. So that, that is my pick. Um, we're probably going to be way off. Uh, Honestly, like so many of these I could go either way on both in terms of what I like and what I think the Academy would go for. So who's to say it's going to be a tough, uh, tough Oscars. And so we hope you're out there, uh, excited about the, uh, as excited about the Oscars as we are. Uh, I don't know if anyone else is trying to watch all these movies, but I hope you've seen at least some that you enjoy. Right. And um, if if there's anything you want, uh, you wish that we covered about these movies or that you particularly liked out of the uh, Oscar nominees this year, you can send us an email at buzzedonmovies at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at buzzedonmovies. Um if you like what we're doing here, you can follow us on all the major platforms. Leave us a review on your favorite platform. Uh, we really appreciate any feedback you can give us. And until next time, we'll see you at the Oscars. We'll see you on the red carpet. <laughs>